If you're looking for a new home, then visit Pacesetter Homes today and be the early bird. Save literally thousands towards a new home during their early bird saving special. With homes ranging from the 290s to the 500s, buyers can choose from an array of award-winning floor plans or tour homes that are all ready for immediate move-in. From one-story to two-story homes, you'll find impressive designs that feature open-concept living combined with true artisanship. Visit PacesetterHomesTexas.com. That's PacesetterHomesTexas.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the eagle eye, Bill Cerna, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time, here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio here on our Sunday morning tradition that continues every Sunday here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. And, folks, also a very important day here for the Couch Potato Sports Show as we are celebrating 10 years on the radio and folks let me tell you something that has taken a lot of work so when we decided well maybe me when I decided what we were going to do as far as our anniversary show was concerned I mean I could have got a hold of a whole bunch of people in reality but I decided to go with the one guy that gave it to us straight every single time not here and there never gave us the political correct answer never did any of that and folks I'm going to tell you when I decided one guest it was a simple simple decision so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring him on now our one and only guest here on the couch potato sports show our 10th year anniversary the guy that I think is more deserving than anybody to be up on our show and obviously my favorite guest let's bring him in he is Tom McManus how you doing Tom Hey, Sonny, great to be back on with you, man. It's been a long time. I can remember when you were starting out way back when, so congrats on the 10-year run, man. It's awesome. (laughs) You bet. Let me tell you something. Uh, If someone told me that I would be doing this show for 10 years, I would have told them they were crazy when we first started. But in, in reality, you know, it's kind of easy if you think about what we do, but that's something that happens when you have a passion about something. But it also brings a circle back to you. Let's talk a little bit about you and what uh, happened as far as what you were doing. I mean, if you if you take a look at what you've been doing over the years, whether it was at the radio station in Jacksonville. You did that for quite a long time, I'll tell you. But uh, that being said, tell us what happened to McManus Uncensored, because it was a good show. And when I started listening to it, and that was the reason why I contacted you after many years of watching you, um, tell us a little bit what happened to McManus uh, uncensored and all the other things that you have been doing here uh, right after we you know really got started yeah so you know I, I did radio for about nine years here in Jacksonville northeast Florida and I was with Fox at the time my show was called Atomic Man it's uncensored I had launched a in my uh, my third year at the Fox station 
I launched an internet program where you could listen online uh, through my website called suckitupusa.com. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit ahead of my time. I thought I could roll into the uh, into the Internet world. Um, didn't necessarily need the radio world, if you were. Well, we ended up being wrong, me and my partner. We were, like I said, a little bit before our time. So, you know, I got taken off the air. New management came in by 2012. At that time, I just rolled into the Internet. That did not take off. Uh, so then I, I moved into other areas of, of business, Sonny, and now I'm just a uh, – I do have a, a television show I, I host weekly called The Horse's Mouth. It's uh, it's a show at a bar. I sit at the uh, – or my guests sit at the bar, and I'm their bartender, and it's a very informal, very conversational type uh, type television show. So I film that once a week. And, uh, and then I'm a guest host on a radio show here in town. So it's funny. For about five years, I didn't hardly do any media unless I was a guest call-in or something like that. And then 2018, I uh, got back into TV and radio along with everything else I'm doing. So it's been an interesting ride, man. It's been an interesting ride. Absolutely, and that's what we get with the 10th anniversary here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, whether it's calling sports, whether it is doing the regular radio show, whether it's doing what you got to do to network. And I'll tell you, if you've got a passion for something, and I'll tell you, it's what brings us to where we are here on this show, 10 years. I mean, so if you've got a passion about something, you've got to kind of made in the shade to move forward here and doing what we do. Oh, without a doubt. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, if people listen to you on air and they like you, then they, they want to be associated with you, you know, and that could be from a business perspective or some other kind of, you know, venture. Uh, so that makes sense, right? You know, if they listen enough and they understand what you're all about and, and it aligns with what they're doing, with what they're doing, then yeah, it's a, it's a nice natural fit. So Look, I think any exposure is good exposure, and when you're out there, you know, whether it's TV, radio, online, digital, whatever, podcast, you know, it's good to put yourself out there and, and let people know, you know, what you're all about. Now, we never really had the opportunity to talk about this next subject. And, hey, shame on Sonny for not doing it. But over the years with what you've been doing, you've had an amazing support, you know, behind you uh, with your wife, a former, obviously, Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleader. Hey, hey, way to go. Gets the cheerleader and a wonderful family. You have to have that support with what you do. So, again, shame on Sonny for not talking about it. So let's talk about it. Put on a little bit about your wife and where you are in your life with your wife and your family oh yeah so I'm I'm a very lucky blessed man I've been married to my wife now coming up on 19 years this April Uh, we have three beautiful daughters Uh, one's a senior in high school one's a freshman and our youngest is uh, in fourth grade and uh, they're my whole life you know they're my inspiration every single day uh, I, I love my wife. I'm in love with my wife. The heat is still strong. The fire still burns, and uh, it's good, man. She's she's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Um, she's the best teammate I've ever had, and she's a wonderful wife, a, 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 a wonderful mother, uh, a great friend. She's got her own business, does 
does well for herself. And, uh, you know, she's in the fitness world. She's got a company that trains about 60 women a week here in Jacksonville wow. or in Bonavita Beach where we live. And, and uh, yeah, we're a good team, man. It's a team. You know, I tell my guy, my girls all the time that we're a team and we got to take care of one another and love one another, hold one another accountable and, and uh, be good to one another. So, good man all is good i'm a, I'm a lucky man the big lord the big man upstairs the good lord he, he has definitely blessed me and continues to do so so let's go to my passion which is indoor football and you had that over there in the afl with the jacksonville shark that was right there right down the street let us know a little bit were you ever involved with that as far as the jacksonville sharks and and do you enjoy indoor football what what is your give and take about indoor football obviously being an outside guy but yet here's another game the indoor game itself what do you think about the game of indoor football Oh, no, I like it. Look, I think any kind of football is good football, you know. And, and, and I think one thing people, you know, they get caught up in, is it a stepping stone to the next level? Why, why can't it just be its own entity and be entertaining Thank football? You. I mean, the arena game, the arena game's different. It's, it's still football. It's just a different style of, of the platform that they, that they play with, right? It's a quicker game, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, a shorter field, you know, it's, it's, you know, things happen faster. You got to, you know, get the ball out even quicker. You got to make moves quicker. You got to, everything's quicker, you know, and uh, I think it's a great game. I think it brings a lot of joy and entertainment to the cities. And I know the Sharks, they do very well. They're an exciting team. I've been a color guy for one or two of their games in the past. I've been to a handful of games. They're, they're fun. They're good. They're good family fun. There's a lot of hard hitting. Uh, there's a lot of scoring. Uh, there's a lot of cool plays. You know, you got to make these big plays in short areas of space, so it, it makes them a unique brand of football. But look, whether you're talking AAF, XFL, you know, the Arena League, whatever league, uh, the NFL, man, all football is good football in my book. And great, you know, you talked about the AAF as far as what they are doing, you know, trying to be uh, maybe setting it up for the minor league work for the NFL. What do you? Th- what is your take on it? Did you have the opportunity to watch any of the games uh, this past weekend or the weekend before that as far as your take on what you see out on the football field? Do you think this could be the minor league for football since we've seen it back in the 80s or can it stand on its own? Uh, you mean the AAF? No, I no, I yeah. I think they. Uh, I think they're. I think it could be both. You know, it's funny you mention that because I also do a podcast here in town called The Hammer with Sam Kavaris, a longtime broadcaster here in town, and Lonnie Marks, my former linebacker, mate with the Jaguars, and and we were talking about that. And I said, look, there, there is going to be, you know, guys getting developed for the NFL, but. The majority of those guys, 80%, 90%, they're just going to play in the AAF. They're going to get paid 75G a year, uh, three-year deal, 225000 Hey, man, that's, you know, depending where you're at in life, that's not a bad gig, uh, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. So, uh, you know, look, I, I think it's got a chance. I, I know Charlie Ebersall personally. I met him a long time ago uh, through some other acquaintances uh, and associates of mine, and He's a nice guy, and, and he's smart, and uh, obviously his father, you know, Dick is a, a, a big shot with NBC, and 
helped create all these great, you know, he's part of Saturday Night Live and, you know, uh, Monday Night Football and all that fun stuff. But, uh, look, I think it's I think it's got a chance, you know. It's got some competition. My question is this. How do you fit them all in? How do you fit them all in? You got the XFL coming. You got the AAF. You got the Arena League. I mean, you know, throw in the NFL, which is in the fall. Throw in college football, which is in the fall. But, you know, you got three spring leagues that, you know, are going to be vying for each other's audience. It should be an interesting time, I guess. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Jacksonville and the Jaguars. I know, I know you don't want to, but let's just do it just for and just humor me a little bit. Let's go back in the time a little bit. If you go and you look at what the Dallas Cowboys have done with a Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott came in for Tony Romo, who for some reason it just didn't seem like this team would play for this guy. But as soon as Dak hit the field, week number one, this was a different Dallas Cowboy team. So I guess I'm going to ask in your opinion, do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars need something like this, a, a, a new spark plug, something at the quarterback position? And do you think that the players would get behind it, you know, if they had that new quarterback and start playing a little bit more for a different quarterback right there in Jacksonville? Yeah, so, you know, as a defender, I never, you know, I never needed my quarterback to get me fired up for a football game. You know, they had to do what they had to do. And our coaching staff would tell us, you know, the defensive coaches, they'd be like, look, we can't worry about the offense, man. We got to do our job. We got to stop them. We got to, if it's sudden change, meaning the offense has turned the ball over and our backs against the wall, meaning like they, there's only 10 yards to go for them to score a touchdown, you got to shut them down. You know, I don't care how many yep. times you got to go out there and do it. I don't, I don't believe in the offense. You know, that's what I heard all year. Well, you know, the defense isn't good because the offense isn't good. That's a bunch of crap. I mean, our defense is loaded with talent. It should be a top defense regardless of what our offense does. You know, culture is a funny thing, man. Winning's easy. I mean, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase it. When you win, culture is easy. Everybody likes winning. It's easy. You don't, you know, the accountability is easier to take. You know, the critique's easier to take, you know, but the culture doesn't start with the QB. It starts with the, the people inside the locker room, you know. You, I think, you know, hey, look, Dak Prescott's a great player. Tony Romo was a great player, you know. I mean, look, obviously he, he uh, you know, towards the end of his career was time for him to go. Dak Prescott steps in, and, and he's a fun guy to watch. But, I mean, look, we don't have anybody like that. You know, Blake's it. Yep. Cody Kessler's not it. You know, no, yeah. no disrespect to Cody Kessler, but he's not Dak Prescott. If we had a Dak nope. Prescott, yeah, are you kidding me? We, we'd, have, we'd have jumped in there. If we had a Lamar Jackson, look what Lamar did for Baltimore. I mean, hey, we could have had a shot at him. We ended up not take, you know, going that route. But, you know, look, I, I, can a quarterback help? Yeah, but, I mean, man, I, I, I'm sick and tired of it. I mean, look, look, hey, go look at the Super Bowl. Who won the, who won the game? The defense is on the game. Yeah, Brady and yep. Brady and company came around at the end, and you know they made some changes with their personnel and forced the Rams to you know play against those changes. And at the end of the day, though, the defense is stifled. The offenses, even Brady was stifled yep. till the end, and he shows once again why he's the greatest. You know, because he's clutch and he finds right. a way. But you know, they also made a lot of changes. So, you know. You know, I think Blake gets a, a really bad rap. You know, yes, he digressed. 
Everybody loved him in the beginning of the year. Then he digressed. The offensive line got beaten up. Uh, he was getting hit all the time. The receivers were not coming through. Marquise Lee gets hurt. Guys are dropping the ball. I mean, he lost all his confidence. He lost it all. He got back into his bad throwing habit with a big loop on the bottom. His footwork sucked. You know, he's still a tough kick. He'd still take off and run. Would be sometimes, you know, make a nice throw, but he was too inconsistent. You know, and, and, and what people don't realize is when you're a QB, man, now granted, if you're an Aaron Rodgers, this may not apply to you because you can make things happen on your own. You know, you don't have to throw with your feet set in the ground. You can jump up in the air and throw the ball 50 damn yards. It yeah. may not apply to you. But for guys like Blake Bortles, they need everything around them to work. You know, and, and when they start, you know, they, they, they start getting into bad habits and they don't get, get, get out of them, that'll kill you. I mean, look, week five, week six, he started with the loop in his throw. I was on air saying, the loop's back. The loop is back. What does the loop do? It's at the bottom, right? By the hip. He drops yep. it low. That takes a second off. The timing of the throw, it screws everything up. And I'm sitting there going all year long, why isn't anybody fixing that shit? You know, why isn't anybody in his ear? Why didn't anybody tell him to shorten yep. it up? You know, it's crazy. It was like, yeah, he's playing bad. I'm not excusing his bad play. But where was the supporting cast around him to try to fix this kid? Because guess what, Sonny? After last season, uh, when they went to the AFC Championship game, we loved him. We thought he came around. We didn't think he was the next Joe Montana, but we're like, all right, this kid can win. Look, he really turned it on in the postseason, you know, in 2017. I was all for them giving him the extension because he proved himself. And the first four games, he actually had pretty good numbers. And then it all yes, started going south from there. But at the end of the day, they got to move on from him. It's time. Blake's had his chance. You know, sometimes the window of opportunity just closes. That doesn't mean his career's over. He'll play somewhere. He may still be here as a backup, like you mentioned. I don't think so, but you never know in this game. Um, but, yeah. you know. It's time for him to move on. It's time for the Jags to move on as well. Well, I think you may have made mention of it. I mean, without really saying it in reality, how important and coaching being so huge out on the football field. So, I mean, what are you seeing? Are you seeing this as a coaching problem or in reality, never mind what we see. I mean, we can sit here and talk about what we see. What are you seeing out there? I mean, I, we can talk technique all day, um, and we can talk about the quarterback being the man in reality. But, I mean, look at it. Joe Flacco. I guess I want to know is how come the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't go after uh, uh, Joe Flacco more so than anybody else in reality, and then they still have Bortles. I mean, so in reality. Reality, there is no answer to the quarterback position regarding the starting role. Well, I think you know Joe uh, is is a quarterback that he he's that that quarterback that needs everything around him to be great. I mean, he's got to have a pocket, and he's not running around making plays with his feet. He's not going to run True. around, you know, get outside the pocket and make throws. He's a pocket passer with limited mobility. I mean, he's not awful. He's just not. You know, a Lamar Jackson, he's not a, a, a an Aaron Rodgers. He's not even a Brady, for that matter, to get out of Dodge when he has to and find that open throwing lane. So, you know, I think he, uh, you know, Flacco, if, if, if the Broncos have a great supporting cast, 
Great old line, got some weapons. The guy's still got an arm. That's the one thing yep. about Blake. Blake doesn't have a cannon. He can't flick it. When you can flick it, that you're a different breed of quarterback at that level. I mean, if you can Absolutely. just take the ball and, you know, without even wasting any motion and flick it 50 yards on a dime, you're a special. But Blake's not that QB. Flacco's got an arm like that, but he's got to have everything else around him or he's just going to be sitting like a freaking dead duck getting ready to have his head blown off during hunting season. You know what I mean? Because he's not going to, yep. you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to do, you know, misdirection and get him out of the pocket and have him, you know, do a run pass option. You know, he's going to have to stay in the pocket. But here's the good thing. He's still got an arm. And when you got an arm yep. and you're 6'5", and you got everything else built around you, you can make the throws. Now it's up to the supporting cats to do their job. I don't think he helps the Jags. I don't think they have enough right. supporting cast to help Joe Flacco be, make this team successful. They need something else. Yeah. Well, then, obviously, then let's take a look at the division, the AFC South. We're talking about three other teams in this division, and you can say whatever you want about them, but we have three different teams that have improved dramatically over the last two years. Obviously, last year with the comeback player of the year with Andrew Luck, and then what you got going on down in Houston with that defense as well as Deshaun Watson. And let's not forget about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, Marcus Mariota, he is who he is. I mean, so we're talking about a division in football that has drastically gotten better over the last two years. Well, you know, you make a great point. Take the Colts. Yeah, Luck got healthy, no doubt. That was huge. But guess what else happened? Their offensive line had a makeover. The D-line had a makeover. They changed their whole culture. They became a physical, physical football team. Quentin Nelson, the sixth pick overall last year on ND. What a brilliant pick. That guy changed the whole attitude of the whole team, I think. It became a fist fight. You know, it's funny. I tell people all the time, that's how you got to approach a football game, man. It's a fist fight. You're going to a rumble, no weapons, just just skin. But you're going in there as a, as a as they're the enemy, man. You got to knock the crap out of them as much as you can until they they subside. That you put them in the you know put them away. You know it's the same thing. That, that those guys finally came to play. Frank Wright got these guys to believe and hey man, we got to be physical up front. It doesn't matter who our quarterback is if we can't keep him protected and give him. It's not going to matter. You know, you look at the, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, he's a guy that can make things happen on his own. Their own line had struggles, but they came together towards the end of the year. You know, they got to get a little, mm-hmm. bit, a little bit better up front. And, uh, you know, Mariota, look, he's, he needs to prove it a little bit more, you know, but he's yep. a guy that you can win with. There's no question there. But, again, you get you got Taylor Lewan, man. He's a badass. He, he gets after people. You know, we're talking, you know, look, Jay, in my opinion, you know, I, I this is what I would do. I'd grab Nick Foles, uh, depending on what they wanted for him, what I could get him for. So that's the caveat. i definitely draft yes. at some point a, a young QB, a Will Greer or somebody like that. I don't, I don't know all the candidates, but somebody in the second or third round. Um, I would beef up my old line if I could with that first pick. You need a, you need a yes. difference maker, man. You need a, you need a, you know, we're talking last, you know, just a couple weeks ago, Tony Baselli, in my opinion, should have got into the Hall of Fame this year. I thought it was a perfect time for him. I think he's got a great shot next year. But when that guy played, along with Leon Searcy, 
Dave Wydell, those guys had an attitude, yeah. man. It was a fist fight. Yeah. We're coming to pound on you, and you may you may be able to take it for a while. But guess what? We're not stopping. We're here to fight you, and that's what that's what you need up front in this game. I don't care what level we're talking about either. Well, heck, yeah. I mean, you look at the Dallas Cowboys. Them not going after a offensive lineman is absolutely nuts, and I keep preaching up on that as far as it is. But when you look at a team like Dallas, when you have an offensive line, there's so many things that you can do, and that extra second, or even for that matter, that half second in the pocket improves your team dramatically, big time, at least in this league anyway. No doubt. And, and, hey, kudos to the D-line, too. Take Dallas. Look at Dallas's front seven, how they played last year. The old line yep. spent off his nails, and then the QB comes around, and Elliott's a beast again, and they, they, they stay dedicated to him. And great move grabbing Cooper. Are you kidding me? I wanted the Jags to grab him. wanted them to draft him, for crying out loud, but they didn't. Uh, but, man, you get Amari Cooper. Uh, you guys, you guys, future looks good for Dallas. There's no doubt about that. Kellen Moore now going to call plays. The old lefty from Boise State, I believe. Boise State, right? Kellen Moore, yeah. Lefty from the Bluefields of uh, Idaho. Um, it should be an interesting year for the Cowboys. Well, talk a little bit about that as we are online here with Tom McManus, our one and only guest here on our 10th anniversary. Let's talk a little bit about that with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, with Kellen Moore obviously uh, going up through the ranks and everything, going to be the offensive coordinator. But really when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and what they're going to do this year, in reality, it is all about what Jason Garrett is going to bring to the game as him really being the offensive coordinator. So I think the franchise itself put that weight on that shoulders to Jason Garrett and then Kellen Moore moving up slowly. You know, I'm not a great big fan of this pick here in reality as far as the offensive coordinator is concerned uh, here in Dallas. So what do you think about what's going on in Dallas with their coaching staff and the offensive coordinator? Yeah, look, I, I think I, look, I, I like the fact that Kellen played in that system. He knows the system. He's a quarterback. You know, quarterbacks. Look, why do you think Romo does so well in the uh, in the broadcast booth? Because quarterbacks really Absolutely. know the game, especially on offense, better than anybody on the on the team. Uh, you know, they study it way more. They got to know way more than an offensive lineman, way more than a receiver or a running back. They got to know it all. I mean, they got to know every position, every protection, every route. You know, every situation. I mean, that's that's what makes. You know, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. To be quite frank, they, they, you've got to be a really smart guy and have high acumen to uh, to play that position. So, look, whether it's Garrett with heavy influence or more, you know, with you know getting some uh, you know some tip from from Garrett, I like to move. You know, uh, look, when you got talent like Dak and and uh, and Zeke and and you know guys I've already mentioned, you know, and a good offensive line, you just need a quarterback to get the best out of, I mean, a coordinator to get the best out of those players. And, and I think Kellen Moore, Ben, playing a position, knowing quarterback and knowing how offenses work, I, I think it's going to be a, a good move. Guys, he's Tom McManus, the, the uh, media mongo he is. I appreciate, first of all, the time coming on the show and being our only guest because, really, we stopped doing interviews with people because we weren't getting straight answers. The reason why you're our only guest is because we were knew we'd only get straight answers from the great Tom McManus, former Jacksonville Jaguar. Thanks for coming on our show on a very special day for us. 
Hey, man, congratulations again. I'll tell you why they don't give you the straight answer, Sonny, because they're afraid of the players and the coaches. They won't talk to them. Yep. They won't get a quote. I don't need a quote. I can tell you everything just by watching the damn game. Quite frankly, I can give two craps what they say anyway. <laughs> Let's do it on the field. And that's why we love you, because you'll come out and you'll say that instead of sugarcoating it that lets on really pretty for everybody. Sometimes that's shooting right. from the hip is the best way. And when you're talking sports and you want to get the real answer instead of a sugarcoated answer, we go to the right guy. I appreciate it. And, All right, brother. and again, we've interviewed over 200 people for this, show, uh, for this show. And I want to tell you right now, the only person I thought of to bring on this show was you. And I, I, I love you to death. And a great success for what you're doing in the future as well as your family. I love you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Sonny, thank you, brother. You had yourself a good one. And congrats again, man. It's awesome. And I do, guys. I actually love this guy. Again, one of our first guests that we ever had on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And the first guy to really give it to us the way that we've always wanted it. And the way that we've always presented it here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Let's be honest. This show is never going to get on ESPN and the big ones because we do the type of show that we do. No questions asked. No apologies. No nothing. And that is the reason why we have made it for 10 years up on the air. And it's because of a guy like Tom McManus that, by the way, off air has encouraged me to do everything that we have done on the Couch Potato Sports Show, even to the point of high school. He said, dude, do high school. You don't get it. People will love it. And guess what? He was right. And, you know, he's got that. Magnet attitude, that magnet personality that I wish that all of our guests that could come on this show and really put it on the line. But in reality, it's all about the money, honey. And no one wants to affect that money except this guy. This guy seems to not care, like he said. So we love having Tom McManus associated with this show. And from now on, he'll be about the only guest that we'll bring on. Unless we can get guys to get skin in our game, meaning giving it to us straightforward and honest instead of BSing it and sugarcoating it, because that will never work as far as what we do on this show, week in, week out, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do it. We're going to dive into the NFL. Some of the things that are going on.
At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chain Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chain Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chain Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance. Serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? 
How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62 because these decisions are so important. My firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Oh, yeah, you're loud and clear. 
no problem. Okay, cool. Then the mic's working. Uh, but, yeah, uh, being committed, yeah, I could have been committed years ago, depending on behind bars or whatever it is. But, no, doing the show, I mean, we, I mean, even when we were little kids, I mean, you probably were too, talking with your buddies about sport. Oh, you're crazy. It's not that. Oh, yeah, and just continuing that now uh, into my <clears throat> 50s. <clears throat> but uh, just continuing, and we'll probably end up doing when we're 80 you know, years old, and I'll be talking with my brother about sport. Sports, you know, in the old folks' home. So, you know, we're going to continue on doing it. Uh, Ten-year run, and that's, you know, bringing on Tom McManus. Uh, there was only one other guy. If I was going to do it, we just could not make the connection with Scott Hansen because he's very busy doing some uh, things for the NFL Network behind the scenes. So grabbing him up was not the easiest task. I uh, would love to have him on the show as well for the 10th year. But really, those two are the only uh, only guys in reality that I would have even gave a thought to. And McManus, he brings it to you. But I'll tell you, just jumping into it and you know talking a little bit about what has been going on and listen let's let's be honest there's some teams that need a, a quarterback and the Denver Broncos went out and got their guy a Joe Flacco which I, I'm telling you right now I disagree with Tom McManus the Jacksonville Jaguars could use a Joe Flacco yes they'd have to change their system a little bit but not very much but he, the part that he's right on is having the right guys up front to protect the Joe Flacco because he is that traditional pocket passer he's not a runner uh you got to give him that time, but the Broncos go out, and I, I'll have to give it. We were talking about John Elway maybe not, you know, really doing his job very well. I mean, finding a quarterback for your football team, come on. I mean, look what you did. I mean, Trevor Simeon's just not getting the job done. Joe Flacco, not a bad pick. I'm not even sure what the contract was or whatever the case may be, but that is definitely a big-time improvement at the quarterback position over in the AFC West for these Denver Broncos. It is. Uh, I don't know if it's really an upgrade, but I think what it does more than anything, it adds depth to the Denver Broncos quarterback position. Now, the first thing I thought of when they made that trade was, well, who starts now? Um, because I mean, look, I, I, I understand that you make the trade for him, uh, but how much different is he from a Case Keenum? You know, they're the same type of quarterback. Keenum's the younger guy, so it made me think that, okay, well, maybe they're bringing in Keenum just in case you know, in the event that, you know, uh, that Keenum might get injured or, or something like that throughout the season. But when you trade for a guy like a Joe Flacco, a guy that has a Super Bowl ring on his finger, nine times out of ten, you're bringing him to be the starter. So I, I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen, is that Joe Flacco is going to wind up being the new starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Now the question becomes, what does John Elway do with Case Keenum? Do they keep him? Uh, to have a solid backup, or do they try to find, uh, you know, some some trade value for him? No, I I think you definitely got to keep him as a backup. You're, I think you're absolutely right. They brought Joe Flacco in to start, and if they brought him in for anything else, it was a mistake. So I'll put that out there. Broncos six and ten could have been eight and eight. Let's be honest; they lost a couple of games. They finished the season losing four in a row uh, going into, but they they knew where they were. They knew who they were, and that's the important thing. And there's one thing about the NFL and also the Denver Broncos. Let's be honest; it's about your quarterback play for that football team. 
especially when you have uh, Patrick Mahomes over there in Kansas City. You have a guy in Phillip Rivers in the Chargers that are huge. And don't forget, let's not sleep on on, um, on Carr, Derek Carr, for the Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. okay? So you have to have someone at least, I mean, you're not going to get comparable to Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to get comparable in reality to a Phillip Rivers, but you got to have somebody that has a ring on your finger if you're not going to get one of those two guys. And let's just be honest, Flacco is the only one that will have a ring on his finger out of the starting quarterbacks in the AFC West. Yeah, yeah, you're, I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, hold on. Okay, Mahomes, Phillip Rivers, which, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that just – Dan Marino. You, you kind of feel – yeah, you kind of feel for him. He is. He's Marino 2.0. I've, I've been saying that for, for months now. Uh, but you kind of feel for the guy just because all the work that he's put into to that Charger organization, and <laughs> he has nothing to show for it. So it, nope. it's, that's that's got to sting. So, But, uh, Big yeah, time. he is. He's, you're right. He's the only quarterback in that division to include backups um, that has a Super Bowl championship. Uh you know, I was listening. I missed the first 10 minutes of the interview with Tom McManus, but, you know, what he was talking about with, you know, Joe Flacco, it's it's very true, similar to uh, the situation with uh, Andrew Luck. You know, th- things just kind of fell apart in, in Baltimore, and that's why you saw Flacco become so substandard because you know, things just – started to, you know, start getting rid of receivers and, and, you know, the offensive line started changing and the dynamics of the offense around Joe Flacco was changing except for Joe Flacco himself. So, you know, when, when you have that one constant, but everything else is changing, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what did you really expect in reality? Exactly. You know, every, everybody, everybody's scratching their head. What, what happened to Joe Flacco? Well, everything around him changed, and when that happens, look, you're, you're going to get the, you're not going to get the same results from a guy. So I agree. No, I mean that that's that's in any job when things around you change, things are just going to be different. So, well, um, I, and I used it in that example with with McManus. I mean, look at Dak Prescott. Romo goes down, then all of a sudden this this team can play offense. They they can protect the quarterback now. What is with that? Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, filling in mm-hmm. for Flacco. What, I mean, what what is that? What's that all about? The Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles are right now in Tony Romo area, okay? Romo needs to be hurt or not be back, and they need to bring somebody that can bring a charge to their offense. Now, yeah, I, when I asked him the question, I was hoping that I could get a chemistry answer from him. But, of course, this guy's a mm-hmm. linebacker. And like he said, you know, listen, I don't need a quarterback to get me up to play for a game. But I bet you a lot of offensive, you know, offensive linemen, wide receivers, yeah, you got to have that quality in order to be able to, to play well. Because when you got a Blake Bortles back there, how exciting can you be about going out or another drive that will end up with nothing or a game that's a loss because of the quarterback position? And one thing that we didn't discuss in that discussion was Blake Bortles was a big part of 90% of the reasons why there were L's underneath the check, or the check marks under the L side than the W side. That defense, I think that defense in reality is going, 
why are we busting our nuts out here when we're not even going to get scores up on the board? And that's shown, like mm-hmm. you said, after week number three, week number four, the Jaguars season last year, this thing was done and over at week number four for the Jaguars, and they had no chance to make it back to the AFC championship game to face the Patriots or whoever it may have been at that time. Yeah, and, and you know, again, you know, I think uh, it goes back to what uh, McManus said too, though. I think or maybe he didn't say it. I don't know. Maybe it's just in my head. But I think confidence is, is what really changed. Uh, Blake Bortles Absolutely. lost all confidence once once his, you know, offensive line stopped blocking for him and, you know, the receivers start getting injured. They get traded away. I mean, think about it. In that AFC championship game, he had he had an Allen Hearns. I think Allen Robinson that was last year is when he got – he tore that ACL, so he wasn't. Yeah. He didn't play in that game, uh, but he had Alan Hearns, he had a Marquise Lee, he had a Mercedes Lewis, a tight end. So I mean, he had weapons around him. You go into this year now, Mercedes Lewis is in Green Bay. Alan Hearns gets signed by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Marquise Lee goes down to injury. I mean, you could have you could have went to the to the local Rowlett High School. And found and found guys to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars at wide receiver. That's how bad it was for them. So, you know, when when you're in a situation like that, Sonny, I mean, I don't care who you are, and I'm and I'm just going to come out and say it because that's what we do on the show. Not even Tom Brady himself could have put that Jacksonville Jaguars team in the playoffs with the lack of the receiving core that they had, and and, and the lack of protection of the offensive line. So, you know, everybody that that. Just says that Blake Bortles is, is, is you know, just sucks. Me. A terrible quarterback. Look, Stephen, don't don't start with me. All right, it's early over here in Southern California. Don't start with me, okay? Allow me to finish my statement. Thank you. Uh, but look, I, again, Tom Brady himself couldn't have got that Jacksonville Jaguar playoff uh, team into the playoffs. On top of everything that happened offensively, the defense was pretty bad too. I mean, this this time last year we were talking about the Jaguars arguably being the best defense in the NFL. Yes, sir. You go and you look at how they how they played this year, they were bottom 5, you know, bottom 10 in the league. The personnel didn't change. So what what really is going on in Jacksonville? And I'm going to tell you what it is and nobody's talking about it. And I'm surprised Tom McManus didn't didn't mention it. People don't like the disciplinary style that Tom Coughlin has brought to that team. And these players today, they don't react to that very well. You know, they, they want the friendly style. They want the, oh, pat, every, pat, pat me on the back because I'm so great style. Everybody wants to be commended for, for doing their job, not for going above and beyond. All right? That, to me, that's the biggest difference. Once Tom or, or Tom McManus, once Tom Coughlin showed up, to me that's when things started changing. Yeah, it worked the first year because it was a breath of fresh air and the confidence was there. But I think once they started realizing down there, and I'm talking about the players themselves, who Tom Coughlin really is, players got turned off by it. It's not Doug Marone's fault, all right? It, it's it's a Tom Coughlin thing. And, and, and the, today's player doesn't like that style of coach. 
So I think that's what really changed in Jacksonville. Let me ask you a question. Did Tom Coughlin change the culture of Doug Marone as a, as a head coach? Because let's be honest. I mean, you look at Doug Marone. He was back up in Buffalo, had a great defense, had those young cats playing for him all day long. Uh, he goes down to Jacksonville, like you said, the first year, you know, is still right mm-hmm. there. And, and then the influence of a Tom Coughlin, like you said, old school, disciplinary. Listen, you make a catch, you don't, yeah. you don't deserve a pat on the butt. You're supposed to catch the ball kind of guy. I, right. The difference between Doug Marone, you're talking, you're talking 20 years. Doug Marone's 52 years old, and you look at Tom Coughlin, he's 72. All right, so you're looking at a 20-year mm. difference in opinion and how the game is played. And you say whatever you want about Tom Coughlin. The guy has had some success, whether if it was with Jacksonville when he when he was doing what he was doing, uh, working uh, the New York Giants. Uh, I think he wrapped up a Super Bowl ring with one of those lucky Eli Manning things. Um, so that having been said, actually, he got two. Uh, I think he was there for both of them. Yeah. He was the head coach he there for, for nine years, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so hell, yes, we've been on the year air longer than he was the coach, but he got two Super Bowl lucky Super Bowl rings. So, you know, it, it's hard to argue with a guy that that has two uh, rings on his fingers and weighing the hand down because they're so heavy. And, and then you get Doug Marone <laughs> right. going in there. And, and listen, I love me some Doug Marone. In, in fact, when they hired uh, when they hired him in Jacksonville, I was like, this is the right guy. But I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. I think the 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 coaching style, the being different to where Tom Coughlin mm-hmm. is compared to, oh, we got to make everybody feel good kind of thing. Tom Coughlin doesn't want any part of that. He's never been a part of that, and I don't think he ever will fall for it. So the question then in Jacksonville will be, Cuervo, how long does Tom Coughlin sit there and still hold the position of executive vice president of football operations? Well, I think, I think he still has time left. Um, but I tell you, if, if, if the Jaguars have another bad season, um, you know, it, it's going to go like it always does. Uh, Doug Marone's going to be the scapegoat. He's probably going to get fired. Um, and they're going to bring somebody else in. And then once they realize nothing's changing, then they're going to start looking at Coughlin like, yo, what's going on? But to answer your original question, I don't think Coughlin has, in, uh, uh, changed Marone. Look, he's like you said, he's a 52 year old man. You're not going to change somebody that age. You know, they're, they're setting their ways how to do certain things. But what I do think is that he has influenced Doug Marone to say, Hey, I want you to do certain things a certain way. I think there is some influence there from Tom Coughlin. Uh, but for the most part, I think Marone still does things the way he wants um, but I just think that there's probably certain what he's been asked to change as a head coach that players just don't agree with or they don't like. That's why you, you have an out, out, uh, you know, a guy like a Jalen Ramsey out lashing and, and talking trash about every quarterback, you know, to try and stir up some drama because, you know, I mean, he, he's probably secretly fed up with, the way that the Jaguars are handling business now since Tom Coughlin's been down Absolutely. there. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. So listen, that's why and, you have and a listen, guy. I can understand it. I can understand it because right now, Cuervo, all, you know, until the season starts, 
there's still always going to be one guy that's available for the Jaguars. And you know who I'm talking about, okay? All right, you, you know, mm-hmm. he won two Super Bowl rings with him, okay? So, you know, by the way, his first Super he's got three Super Bowl rings. He has one as a assistant uh, or an assistant coach, uh, uh, so a defensive coordinator, and two as a head coach. But as long as rumors about Eli Manning and everything are all set and ready to go, I mean, you know, is Eli Manning going to – is he the guy? I mean, I've heard the smokescreen stories. He's still going to be there. Um, I, I heard whatever's going to happen, you know, as far as that. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think Eli Manning is still on the block, maybe quietly or not, depending on who's, you know, who you talk to. I mean, but I think Eli Manning still can be gotten out of New York, regardless of all the reports saying that he's going to be back. Okay, so I think he could be there. And Jacksonville, if it comes down to the nitty gritty and when it comes down to getting close to training camp and they still haven't answered the question at the quarterback position, the stories and the rumors will swirl about Eli Manning still going down there. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Jaguars dropped the ball. You know, they should have went out and got Joe Flacco as soon as they knew that, you know, as soon as they knew that that guy, mm-hmm. that guy was going to be there, they should have been on the phone. There is a huge drop for Jacksonville because once you go from Joe Flacco, Cuervo, who do you really go to on the available quarterbacks in the NFL right now that can take you to a position where you were last year in the AFC championship game? There's nobody. So um, unless you're going to yeah. grab someone or get someone that can pull you up, or, and or right now there's only a couple of names that are still out there. And and, and yes, I am. I'm. I'll, I'll admit it. I got. I don't know what it is, but I got a man crush about Teddy Bruschi, or uh, um, not Teddy Bruschi. Um, uh, what's his last Bridgewater. name? Teddy. Bridgewater. I got a man crush on this guy because I think before he went down in that injury, that guy was leading the Vikings to be back to where they were supposed to be back in the 70s and the early 80s, and he was bringing them there. He wasn't He wasn't this Tom Brady guy. He wasn't, you know, heck, for all that matter, he, he's not even Phillip Rivers or even Patrick Mahomes or, or, you know, any of that, but he was still capable and learning the game. That injury was a huge, huge, you know, you know, roadblock in his career in reality because now he can't get back up on the field as a starting quarterback. In Jacksonville, I think, especially with the way the game is playing, look at what's going on. If you take away in that division, if you take away Eli Man- or um, Andrew Luck, you still have Deshaun Watson and Marcus Mariota. What are those guys? Those are mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, Bridgewater can be that mobile quarterback because you've got six games between those three teams that you've got to figure out how you're going to get victories on. And, you know, if you're going to go to a mediocre pocket quarterback, Jaguars are going to be in huge trouble in reality. Yeah, I, th- I think they need a guy that uh, that is a little more mobile uh, and can make plays on his own just because of the fact that you don't really have – a receiving core that you can just rely on and, and use a pocket passer in that situation. A little bit different Jacksonville than it is in Denver. Now, granted, I mean, Denver, you know, and they have Emmanuel Sanders, okay? That, to me, that's a different. That, that's a reliable receiver that you can go to uh, to make a play on a third down or, you know, in a tight game coming down to the wire, all right? Jacksonville doesn't have an Emmanuel Sanders. You know, their yep. their best receiver 
like I said, you know, would we can be competitive with with you know guys on a high school level. So to me, I think that uh, Jacksonville needs to get them a quarterback that can make plays both with his arm and with his feet. And you know, and maybe that's the plan. Maybe that's why they didn't go after Joe Flacco. Maybe there is a plan since now. Uh, you know, we talked about him before. Since now Kyler Murray is announced, look, I'm I'm fully committed to the game of football. I think man, Jacksonville is is hoping, and you could very well see them move up a couple spots come April in the draft to ensure that they draft Kyler Murray. Is it a mistake in my opinion? Absolutely it is. I don't think Kyler Murray is fit to be an NFL quarterback, but he says he's committed to doing it. He wants to prove doubters, all this other stuff. Hey, kudos to him. You know, and he's, he's going to give it his all. And and I can't hate him for that. I just don't think it's going to work. That's just my honest opinion, Sonny. Um, I, I agree with you. And, and, and I I agree with you. And and not only that, if you're going to get that guy Cuervo for the Jaguars, if you're going to get that running guy, at least have some NFL experience before you're going to roll through there. Okay, and I, I'm I'm not an advocate of it, but I take RG three before I take I I take Kyler Murray. At least the guy's got some NFL uh, thing. That's why I like Bridgewater. And, and once he is completely and yeah, he's everything that you read, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, he would right. he would almost fit that mold of what you're talking about as far as available quarterbacks out there. Because really, let's be honest. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, do you want to go into next year, two years off of being in the AFC Championship game with a rookie quarterback? Hell no, you don't want to be in that position because the rookie quarterback isn't going to get you there. There are only so many Dak Prescotts when they spend a fortune on the offensive line. Okay, They're not spending the fortune on the offensive line in Jacksonville, so they've got to be able to find a guy that can generate the place. And I think Bridgewater – I right now, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm – I. Bridgewater needs to be the quarterback right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know no one's going to like the idea, but if you're going to go to that style with the other two teams within this division, listen, listen, Andrew Luck, even to a point where though, that guy can scramble and get down the field. We've seen it happen many, many times. So the Jaguars are going to have to change their, their method within this division because the division is what it's all about in reality. If you're going to make the playoffs, so you look at you look at this division, it's wide open if they get a Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback position. If they go back and get a Kirk uh, uh not Kirk Cousins, but uh the one the one um the one uh, uh Flacco's taken over for. You, you, uh, you get Jackson. that dude. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, in Denver. Oh Case Keenum. What's his yeah. name? Case Keenum. I mean you can Case Keenum's Case Keenum is your atypical Drop back quarterback mm-hmm. pocket. Now he can run, but he's more pocket. I mean, but you need to be able to have that guy that can do it. But the big question about that kind of mobile quarterback, Cuervo, is doing it at the right time. And if you look at, hey, listen, Deshaun Watson, second year in the in the league, you know that guy knows when to go. He knows when to stay in the pocket. But like you said, Cuervo. Look at that wide receiver position that he has over there, okay? And Jaguars got uh, Kalen Cole, DJ Chalk, Rashad Green. You ever hear these guys? Dude Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, okay? Come on. You, you never heard of them, mm-hmm. okay? So that, that yep. right there, you're, you're going to have to generate plays unless you go out and get that big-name wide receiver, which they could still end up doing. 
Um, but if they don't and they stand pat or get those kind of players, they need a guy that can can do something else, and that's with his legs, that's quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, I that's what I think. I think that the Jaguars, and to be honest, off the top of my head, I can't remember who the top-rated receiver is in the draft, but I think that's who the Jaguars should draft in the first round. Get you a, get you a playmaker, man. I, I know it's not yep, your, you know, it's not the typical – not the traditional thing to do and, and, and you know, people are gonna be against it. Oh, you need a quarterback down in Jacksonville. Absolutely you need a quarter quarterback down in Jacksonville. All right. But again, and I'm gonna to stick to it. Not even Tom Brady would be able to work with that receiving core, okay? Um, blasphemy. The blasphemy You can't say that. <laughs> because I like Tom Brady I Tom did, Brady uh, makes those guys <laughs> Tom Brady makes those guys household names in two years. Okay, that's but that goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Cuervo, having the confidence in your quarterback. If you had Tom Brady walk in as your quarterback in Jacksonville, the whole chemistry of the football team and the confidence of your football changes, and you just take it up a step. That's why it's got to be a guy that can fit the mold to what they're talking about. But going back to what you're talking about, Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone. Now, Bridgewater's got to be a Marone guy. Can't be a Tom Coughlin guy because Coughlin don't want that guy on his football team. So there's got to be a give and take there between Marone and Coughlin if you're going to get that guy. But you've got to convince an old-school football guy that – the new school quarterbacks are what's going to be in play for the next, next two two to three years, Cuervo, because the NFL and those defensive court, uh, coaches, what did they do with the Wildcat? It took them two to three years to shut that shit down, and you don't even see the Wildcat anymore. Why? Because they know it, okay? So if you're going to take advantage of that mobile quarterback, it's got to be now because you only got two more years before the defensive coordinators put a stand. Yeah, and I – yeah, I suppose it's you know it's all about adjustments, but um, I don't know. In, in my honest opinion, Sonny, I think I think what the Jacksonville Jaguars could wind up doing are two things. Right now, right now your your quarterback is is Blake Bortles. All right, that's going to change in the next three months. I'm telling you right now, Blake Bortles might not even be a Jacksonville Jaguar anymore in the next three months. He'd be a third string quarterback yeah. if they're smart. And, and and that very well could happen because I think the first thing they're going to do, and, and this is still in play, and I'm su- I'm surprised this wasn't brought up when when you and Tom were talking. Maybe maybe it was because again I missed the first ten minutes of the interview because I was listening. I think you guys are in play for Nick Foles, and I and I think yeah. you guys are going to go after him. I think the Jaguars are going to go after Nick Foles. That's number one. Number two, even if you guys do get Nick Foles, I think you guys are still going to go get Kyle and Murray as backup. It's going to be a situation like we've seen so many times in the NFL where the veteran starts and the, and the rookie sits and, and watches his first year. Kind of similar to what happened in, uh, in, in Baltimore. Um, and Kansas City. I mean, only, yeah, Kansas City too, where, you know, Alex Smith and it got shown the door once they figured out. And Mahomes, he's, he 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 gets it. He's got it. All right. Thanks for everything, Alex. See ya. And that was it. Um, so I don't think you guys are going to – I mean, you guys could wind up trading Bortles. I could see that scenario too. You trade for Bortles. 
or you trade Bortles away. What are you going to give for him? Foles, and then, and then you draft Kyler Murray. I think Bortles is worth <laughs> not a whole lot, Sonny. You'll be lucky to get a fifth-round yeah. pick for him. To be honest, no, they're gonna have to cut him. No one's, no one's gonna give him a, and no one's gonna give him third round draft pick for him. Listen, if there's any no, no, football fifth, team in the NFL fifth. that gives up a third round draft pick for him, it's stupid. And if you're gonna give up a third, if you're not gonna give up a third round draft pick, you might as well draft their rookie quarterback. See, and that's the thing. This is what pisses me off, Cuervo. Little, you ready for the left turn? Yeah, that's the thing that pisses me off about the Colin Kaepernick thing. We can sit here and talk about all day long about what's going on. But listen, this is really simple, okay? You, you got to – Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in the NFL for three years, okay? I don't care what you say. I don't, I don't care what you think the talent of Colin Kaepernick is. Okay, he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, period, even on the worst team because the reason why the worst team is going to go out and get the rookie that's going to be here for a long time, okay? Simple as that. The new mm-hmm. franchise, because let's be honest, Colin Kaepernick is not going to be the new franchise face for any football team in the NFL, or they would not have reached that financial set, uh, settlement with Colin Kaepernick, which in turn was the NFL was saying, listen, we don't want the guy, okay? But I guess we're going to have to eat some money. I, you know, and, and the whole thing, I'm tired of people talking about, and get it right, folks, okay? All right, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to do this in reality, Cuervo, because it, it's been driving me crazy, so... Colin Kaepernick is not banned from the NFL. Colin Kaepernick banned himself because of his actions. Whether you think it was right or wrong, Colin Kaepernick banned himself, okay, because that was the consequence of the action of what he did. Good, bad, or indifferent, or whatever you think that was good, bad, the NFL teams don't want that guy. And I'm going to put it out there, and I don't care what anybody says, okay, because a football team doesn't want you just because you've got talent, Okay, doesn't mean that an NFL team is obligated to pick up a Colin Kaepernick. And I don't give a rat's fat ass what anybody has to say about his talent. Let's say his talent is a little bit better than what it was his last year. That still might not be good enough when your franchise is looking for a face for the franchise for many years down the road. So I don't even want to hear that crap. He's not banned by the NFL. He banned himself, and he's in his own situation because of his own action. That having been said, the NFL knows it, okay, and it's not necessarily collusion. They just don't want them, okay? And guess what? When you're not wanted, you change your career or you go somewhere else. Now, I'll also say this on Colin Kaepernick because really in reality, this whole thing really kind of really, really takes me off. Talk. This guy should be in the AAF, and he's saying that I want $20 million to play in the AAF when he says that he'll take a million on any football team in the NFL. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, you can sit there and, and try to tell people that it's not about the money, but I'm, yeah. you do that, you put yourself in that position. Colin Kaepernick, I, I, I give you a little credit for what you did and how you did it and everything else, but this crap about you being a starting quarterback in the NFL after not being out on the football field for three years, regardless of what rookie comes in, I've got news for you. You're not a starter, even on what's the worst team in the NFL, Cuervo? Arizona Cardinals what, have the number one pick. Yeah, there you go. Okay, no. Colin Kaepernick and the Arizona Cardinals, no. Okay, they already got that rookie quarterback, so he isn't going anywhere. 
Okay, and the second best in the worst team in the NFL, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They still got a love affair for the for Jameis Winston. Okay, listen, you're not going to get a starting a quarterback job anywhere in the NFL, bar none. Period. Accept it. And if you want to be in the NFL, you put your butt right there in the AAF. Take that money that's being offered to you, so you can go out and uh-huh. prove it. And then you even put yourself in a better position to say, "Look, man, I tore this AAF up. Okay, what, 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 then prove it before you get back to the NFL. Because what has the NFL been over the years and years and years, Cuervo? It's a prove it to me league. And guess what?" Colin Kaepernick has not been able to do that for the last two years in the NFL. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. <clears throat> no, I mean, it, 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 a lot of what you said was very true. I mean, you know, he, he, he claims that it's not about money, but yet he goes and he asks, he, he says, I'll play, I'll play in your league for, for $20 million. I mean, it, that's Give all it was boy. ever about. You know, the Nike commercial uh, that he came out with, Asking for that amount of money to play in in this new league that's trying to get you know get up started, like yeah yeah you're right Nelly it is all about the money so um, no question I mean I just I just when I heard that though I found you know I kind of find it a coincidence too though as soon as he got told no by the AAF all of a sudden the NFL settles with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you if you caught that, but I just kind of found it funny that you know, so as soon as the AAF told him to go kick rocks, that we're not going to pay twenty million dollars to play in the league, uh, all of a sudden, you know, he agrees to a settlement, or the NFL agrees with him on a settlement, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So either way, he was going to get. How do you say it's funny? Paid. So paid. He's a hypocrite. I'm sorry. I'm going to go oh, and I'm going to say it. Listen, this guy is a hypocrite. And you can sit there and, and listen, I support what he did, Cuervo. I really do. Because guess what? It did bring awareness to something that was out there. What's the end result of that awareness? I don't know. But I will tell you right now, the, the, the big hypocrite move, I'll play in the NFL for a million dollars, but give me $20 million in the AAF. Listen, you're a hypocrite. I don't even want to hear you. Okay, you're willing to prove that you're a good quarterback. Get your ass over there in that league and play. Okay, if not, shut your mouth and go do what you're going to do. Leave the NFL out of it because you're not going to hit the football field. And in reality, I'm going to tell you what this thing comes down to. Of course, it's completely blocked, and they're not going to tell you how much he got or why. But what they're saying is, Colin, go away. And that's what they did. They gave that guy some money, okay, to go away. Because it's real simple, and the simple fact of the matter is, and we can go back to the original thing here, whether or not you believe what he did and how he did it is completely within his rights. You're absolutely right. But guess what, Cuervo? He pissed off the wrong people, okay? Simple as that. He didn't necessarily piss off the NFL uh, NFL teams. He pissed off America because you can sit here and say whatever you want about it, okay? But listen. We got people in this country that have lost people to the military, okay? We have got people who have family members right now that are in the danger zone. And this guy here, he's crumping up and taking up whatever money is, you know, uh, you know, for, for the standing up. But uh, listen, we, I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again, okay? Just because you don't think that you offended someone or you think you should have offended someone doesn't mean that you didn't. 
And when it comes to military families in this country, there's no stronger backbone in this country besides families of the military. And people, regardless of what they'll say or what they believe and how it really should be, that action the, it, it completely insulted the family members of the uh, of of the military, and folks are moving away in the NFL in droves. Cuervo, the ratings are hugely down. Okay, so the actions of what he did are what it is. Okay, but you can't tell me that. The NFL is not influenced by military families, or this wouldn't have been done, and they wouldn't have paid this guy off to go somewhere. Listen, $50 million bucks. Let's just say it's $50 million, just to throw the number out there, Cuervo. That's a drop in the bucket when you're making $18, 19000000000 billion. It makes nothing. That, that's like me going to buy a candy bar, Cuervo. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, you know, even in the month of November during the season, you know, you have yep. the, the salute to service. Uh, in going around the NFL, and if you if you guys know, uh, remember, for those that pay attention and they watch every Sunday on NFL Red Zone, uh, which you should watch it that way. Scott Hansen is yep. the best host of that 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 the NFL Network could have ever Big asked time. for. But um, yep, they all they all wear uh, uh, stickers on the back of their helmets during the month of November to represent a different branch yep. of the military. You know, and it and it's the player's choice. They choose which branch they want to represent for whatever reason. Maybe they have family, like you said, that served the country, yep. uh, and that's what they do. So, uh, you know, as as a military member myself, um, you know, I I think uh, I truly appreciate what the NFL does try and and provide. You know, support to to charities and things like that that uh, that help you know disabled veterans and stuff like that. Yep. So, uh, yep. You know, they, they, those guys those guys can't get enough uh, assistance. Um, you know, it, it it's something that, like you said, I mean, some of them pay the ultimate price, unfortunately, um, but some of them are, are no longer going to be the, you know the same person they were when they joined. You know whether they lost mm-hmm. a leg or an arm or yep. wounded like warriors, that. And, and yeah, the wounded warriors exactly. So um, you know, it's it's yeah, that's those what guys. that whole that's what ticks me off about the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Okay, and the people end the debate. The debate is over as soon as he took that settlement. Okay, the debate is completely over. Now, granted, I know that's one way of looking at it, and I know there's another way of looking at it. But to me, okay, if if this was really and truly about what he was going for in reality, Cuervo, there's no way he would have settled this. And I'll tell you the reason why, because he would have got a lot more money in reality uh, in the end when it came to, you know, how much he was going to end up getting. To me, this this was, you know, I don't want to I, – I, I'm, I'm so cl- – I guess I'm just going to have to say it. To me, it was a sellout job, okay? Now – what he does with the money, if he does a bunch of goods, that's maybe the plan. Congratulations. All right? But you can't sit here and say and take the money from the NFL and not call yourself a hypocrite. I'm sorry. You can't. All right? And I might be wrong, but you can't. I, and I'll be honest here. I don't think there's anything that can change my opinion about that in reality, Cuervo. I don't know if there's something that no, can be I, said to me that, that to make me change my mind on that. Look, I agree with you, Sonny. Uh, because 
if 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 it was about standing up for what is right, he wouldn't care about the money, like you said. Yep, uh, he wouldn't that. care about bringing bringing awareness to certain things or, or asking the NFL to to bring awareness, whatever. I, I, I mean, Colin Kaepernick could have turned around, could turn this thing around, and maybe not play in the NFL, but maybe somehow find a way to become an NFL employee and help in that way and bring an awareness to certain things that are going Absolutely. on in America and saying, you know what, hey, mm-hmm. the, the NFL is supporting uh, not just Colin Kaepernick, but certain things, police brutality, whatever the case may be. Because, look, I mean, chances are somebody – a message. Yeah, somebody that works for the league has mm-hmm. probably probably knows somebody that has been in a situation where they have been mistreated by a police officer or something like that. You know, yeah. and, and 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 there, I'm sure something could have been worked out to where, you know what, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, look, it's not even about me being a player anymore. It, 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 what I'd like to do is try and maybe collaborate something together to where. We can work together and bring more awareness to to police mistreatment, or or you know, what, if that's what his message still is. Which I'll be honest, I right. I rarely hear about those type of cases anymore. But if that's what right. he's still about, then you know, I mean, again, I would drive home. That yeah, somebody that works for the NFL has probably know somebody that's been in a situation where again, you know, mistreated or or you know, driving while black. Yeah, exactly. So you mean to tell me everybody in the NFL that works for the NFL is white? Well, we know that's not true because DeMora Smith, mm-hmm. the players, the uh the um uh, the the what's he what's he called the the attorney, right? Isn't he like the the, mm-hmm. the main attorney for the players association? Black. Yes, he's black. So, Merton Hanks. Merton Hanks. He's in charge of Troy the fines and bringing fines attention to the to the commissioner. Troy Vincent also works for the NFL. Troy Vincent. You know, yeah, I mean, he's he, he's black too. So I don't know. I mean, Colin Kaepernick could have could have definitely fl- turned this around and really hit the jackpot if he really wanted to. Yep. I think he stopped too Which, early. I mean, it, it, if his goal was to do what he was going to do, Cuervo, I think he stopped too early because this kind of movement doesn't change in one year or two years that he's been doing it, Cuervo. A movement like uh-huh. this takes sometimes four to five years before it is. Now, did he take the money in order to fund it for the next four to five years? Maybe so. And congratulations if he did so. But look at what the outcome could have been if he just kept with it. Because let's be honest, Colin Kaepernick is still living in his million-dollar house, okay? All right, it's not like this guy's going without, okay? And this movement isn't sure. going to go away. He'll find people to give him money to do what he's going to do. Don't Listen, there are too many people that would give this guy money. So, you know, there, there there's so, just so many things. That's why I look at it. I, and maybe hypocrite is wrong, but I just think it just sends the wrong message by settling more so than saying, "Listen, you know, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you something, Mr. Commissioner. We're going to we're going to expose this, okay? And we're going to show it. And but now 
that's not done. Now, there's an assumption that that's what was going on, Cuervo, but nothing is going to be put out there in black and white on paper to where people can see it. Yeah, I, I think I think the term you're looking for, Sonny, uh, is is that Colin Kaepernick's a sellout. That's what he is. Okay, I, I was thinking sellout, but yeah, yeah, maybe hypocrite's wrong. Maybe sellout is the right one because I was thinking of both of them. Um, I don't think he's much of a hypocrite because I think he be- listen. I think he believes strongly in what he's doing. I do, and frankly, I, you know, bringing awareness to it for the last two years, Cuervo. Let's be honest, this uh-huh. country needs it, especially who's in power in this country anyway. So, is, you know, we need something to bring awareness to it. And you can say whatever you want about Colin Kaepernick. He has done that without question. All right, better than anybody else that I can remember in my lifetime. You know, Martin Luther King passed a year before I was born, okay? I'm 52 years old. I don't remember anybody having such a direct impact coming from the sports world as Colin Kaepernick has done in the last 50 years square vote. So that alone is an amazing thing for it as well. So, yeah, I think he sold out. I think, and not only that, I think he could have got a lot more money and put a big, big time target Uh on the NFL and the NFL owners to be what people believe that they are. And that is, you know, and some of the, some of the uh, na- uh, not Native Americans, but African American players say that it's a slave mentality. And I think they could have opened the door and just got that full label on that whole thing. But with them settling, they don't get that opportunity, Cuervo. Yeah, and, and the reason I say I use the term sellout because it was the e- it was the easy it was the path of least resistance for Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. It was the easy way out. That's why I call him a sellout. The only other person I've really called a sellout in sports was Kevin Durant because he took the easy oh, yeah. way out and he joined the Golden State Warriors. But this is a this is we're talking about football here, so um, yeah. Well, we're talking that, about that's football. Why, and we're also talking about you know social justice, a combination of both. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But I don't yeah. know. It's it's just it's just something that that I kind of was thinking about for a little bit. Um, I think. I think Colin could have really sent a, a solid, positive message if he would have tried to just work with the NFL. But look, it's—I don't care about money. I don't—I don't even care about playing in the NFL anymore. Okay, I need your—I—I uh, I could use your help in this way. All right. So, because obviously, if if a settlement was agreed upon, that means. Either Colin himself or his representatives were having, you know, uh, uh, civil conversations with the NFL. So there had to been some some sort of communication uh, on a civil level where, you know, they they were able to agree upon this. So, yep. And who knows? Maybe maybe it was brought up to where, you know, the NFL could be part of a movement. That yes. that raises awareness, and maybe the NFL wanted no part of it. And if that's the case, yep. then shame on the NFL. But absolutely, we're never going to know. And, and we're never going to know that. I I agree with you, Cuervo. And what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. So I'll do what most big time, you know, radio shows. I want to leave you with the tease, okay, up far the other side, because we do need to break. You know, you with Colin Kaepernick and whether or not he can play. Is it the media? 
that is out there saying that he should play? Or is it the representation of Colin Kaepernick and his, you know, I guess minions, if you want to let trying to win? Who is it? it? Is it Colin Kaepernick that's saying, listen, I should play? Or is it the media? Is it his minions? Or is it the movement, or whatever the case may be. We'll talk about that on the other side. Here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, it's our 10th year anniversary on the air here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Raleigh Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your rally. Eagles letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggies Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. 
This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Ralph Eddie Girls asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing the, or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Does, does Colin Kaepernick really, really 
want to play football again. I mean, after he insults the AAF, but listen, we'll get to those guys here in a minute, but really insults an up, uh, upstarting uh, league uh, by saying, well, I'll play for $20 million. Sonny, honestly, I think that's a basic example of what you would call trolling today. Um, I think that's what <laughs> Alan Kaepernick did to uh, to the AIF. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll play in your league. I'll help you make some money and help you get some exposure in your league. Pay me $20 million. Ultimate troll. Uh, trolling <laughs> by Colin Kaepernick. And, and you know, I'm glad, I'm glad the AAF didn't fall for it because imagine if they would have agreed to that. Holy cow. What would be all over the media today? And, yes, I yes. think the media is has a lot to blame for this Colin Kaepernick situation being such a, a uproar at, at times because despite what you may think of Colin Kaepernick, Sonny, how much have we heard from him? in the past year and a half. Okay. I the first year of it, the first year of it. Yeah. Like it, 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 it I, there was reason to talk about it. Okay. Um, and he did some follow on things. He wore the, the, uh, the Fidel Castro shirt. He wore the socks with the, yep. with the picture of the pigs on it, wearing a, wearing a police officer's mm-hmm. hat and all that stuff. Got it. At the very, at the very beginning, he brought that attention on himself. After that, though, we didn't hear a peep from him, right? Nope. So, you know, he was being a good little Colin, however you want to say it. Man was just minding his own business, and people kept yes. throwing his name out there. They kept bringing his name up, and I'm surprised nobody has gone to him and asked him, hey, what do you think about, you know, ESPN with reports that, you know, that, you know, maybe maybe you're – you're uh, in the hunt for the new starting job of this team. The fact that that never happened surprises me because the media, the media loves to eat that type of stuff up. They will eat that stuff yeah, up. Yeah, they do. Especially if they would have gotten a reaction from Colin Kaepernick. Um, and, but you know what? That's why today, and I haven't watched any ESPN today. Matter of fact, um, I haven't either. I, I, I downgraded my cable. I don't even have ESPN anymore. The only the only ESPN I get is on my phone listening to the to all the radio stations. Uh but I'm sure they're all over this settlement story and that's that's probably what they talked about half the day on, on I think Friday is when the settlement happened. So I'm sure half that day was dedicated to talking about that settlement outside the lines. Yep. You know, that's a segment that they do where they talk about certain topics going on in sports that's not actually sports related, where it could be something yes. about racism, or it could be something about uh, uh, you know a personal story about somebody. I guarantee you that that episode on Friday was 100% about the settlement, and they probably took it so far into left field, Sonny, that they were out of the stadium talking about it like yeah field was 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 miles down the road compared to where they took that story i, I promise you um so yeah do the does, does the media feed into all this oh my god yes absolutely oh, yeah. but you know Big what time. people people like us as viewers 
we have the power to say, you know what, I don't want to listen to this nonsense. I don't want to listen yep. to this crap. So you don't listen to it. You don't you don't feed into it, which creates an opinion, which creates an emotion from people because of what they're seeing on ESPN. And if, uh, NFL Network, I'm not – they're not as guilty. ESPN's the worst when it comes to – Oh, yeah to those type of things. And they, they love the drama. They absolutely love the drama. They are the drama queens of the sports industry. Uh, yep. I get so, it. Yep. So, you know, it, it, so, you know, us as, as viewers, as fans, consumers of ESPN, we have the power to say, you know, I'm, I don't want to listen to this nonsense. So don't tune in. Yep. If you don't want to hear about it, if you think it's stupid, don't tune into it. That's what helps Sound great your ESPN TV. <laughs> no, like I said, I don't even have it anymore. I'll, I'll yeah. turn it back on once baseball season starts because of baseball season. But for now, no, I have no use for it. It's really kind of crazy. I, I, I think it's the minions. I think the minions who want to see Colin Kaepernick. Hey, listen, I get it. You're a fan of the guy. I get it. And you want to see that guy. I mean, listen, I want to see sure. Colin Kaepernick succeed. I really do. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll just, you know, see it like I see it, and I'll call it the way I call it, on what, you know, obviously what we talked about for him. But I, I do. But, you know, the, the AAF would be a wonderful place, by the way. Since we're on it and, you know, we're kind of, you know, kind of talking a little bit about what's going on, you know, as far as football is concerned. Now, football, you know, the NFL, it's over. I usually say if you think football season is over, you're not paying attention. Uh, And that is obviously a line going into indoor football. But now there is the AAF. uh, So that having been said, Cuervo, I, I gotta ask, and I know the answer to the question before I ask, ask it, just because of what you said about downgrading your cable. Have you watched any of the AAF right now, or is just seeing bits and pieces and replays and stuff like that? Yeah, I've I've seen bits and pieces. Um, two weeks ago when they debuted, you know, I watched um, some of the first game. Uh, yeah, and to my surprise, they do. They really do have a lot of guys that are former NFL players, these aren't guys that they're just picking yes. up off the street. This isn't like no. the, the, the strike in the mid eighties or whenever it was, I'm too young to remember, but I just know that there yes. was a strike sometime in the mid eighties or something like that. And they were just picking guys up off the street. Oh God. Yeah. So that's why I don't remember because <laughs> I was either in my mama's tummy or I was a newborn, but anyway, um, I mean, these are guys that played in the NFL, you know? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I saw Zach name. Mettenberger's name brought up. Zach mm-hmm. Mettenberger was, was – two years ago was Mar- Marcus Mariota's backup in Tennessee. Uh, I saw um, – uh, what's his name? Um, to see Zach Mettenberger and – there's a couple of the quarterbacks. One guy was a backup for the Chargers. Another one was – uh, Garrett Gilbert, former Texas quarterback, right? I think he was Colt McCoy's backup for a while right. at the university. He's playing quarterback for a team. 
Um, I I don't remember the name of the teams. I know you got like the Memphis Memphis team, Arizona. Um, yeah. But Salt uh, Lake. Yeah, Salt Lake. So, uh, and, and I don't know how much association you have with them, Sonny. I'm interested in knowing that, but um, I, I think I think this is going to become a thing. And I've been telling people this. This is it. it this is going to become like the D League of the NFL. That's what this essentially yeah. is, in my opinion. Um, which is not a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying, for those guys that don't get drafted, let's let's you know, let's use April for instance. If you don't get drafted yep. in the NFL draft, don't lose all hope. Because you still have the AAF that that you can get drafted by them because they're going to have a draft. Yeah, there you go. So you have you have the opportunity to make to make something happen for yourself. You just have to have the willpower to not give up if you don't get drafted, or just like a lot of guys do, they get they get signed as an undrafted free agent. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. We've seen guys turn into rock stars in the NFL. Yep. As an undrafted free agent, it's just about yep not quitting on yourself, really. Julian Edelman wasn't he undrafted? Yes, Julian Pedelman was undrafted. <laughs> Ped, P-E-D. But anyways, sorry, <laughs> I have my I have my opinion on him. Sonny. I I honestly don't. I don't know if he should have been the Super Bowl MVP for for multiple reasons, but um, I mean, don't yeah, go anywhere. We're going to go with that in a couple of minutes. So uh, yeah, don't don't go think, there yet. I think Wes Welker was undrafted too, and he had a phenomenal career. Yeah. I mean, granted, he yes, got to he play did. with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, which is a dream come true. But but I mean that that guy, he might not get in right away, but you could you could. Make a case for him for being a Hall of Famer one day, one of the greatest slot receivers in the history of the game. So I agree one hundred percent for him more so than Julian, and we'll get that in a moment. Hey, but before we go there, okay. He, he, by the way, mm-hmm. he was undrafted. That being Wes Welker, that that's well known. But going back to the AAF right now, I have a list in front of me, which is the only prep I did for the show. By the way, just so that everybody knows. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the AAF right now, there are, are NFL quarterbacks that could or should go to the AAF right now. And one of them okay. is Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is one. Okay? Ryan Tannehill is another. C.J. Beathard is another. Uh, and then Kaiser from Green Bay. These are guys that could really use some time at the quarterback position. And yet, it may not be the NFL, but you can see what you're going to get because mm-hmm. if these guys are NFL quarterbacks, they'll tear them up. Now, I have another name on there, but Mike Lennon I, will never go, okay, because he's been in the league too long. Uh, yep. If I'm not mistaken, he's been there for, you know, nine years. So he wouldn't go, but he could surely use it. But those names right off the top of my head, when I was looking and and I was looking at quarterbacks and what they could do, th- those guys right there – could go there and redefine their skills, especially Ryan Tannehill coming off of the injury and everything else and redefining, get the the speed, 
uh, of what they need to do, and then they go into training camp a little bit faster than they would be completely cold, in my opinion, obviously. But Blake Bortles needs to be in the AAF if he wants to be an NFL quarterback anymore, at least on the level of what he was. In other words, these are guys that have to go out there and prove themselves that they can be starting quarterbacks in the NFL because Kaiser being behind – you know, Aaron Rodgers, Kaiser's not going to be the next, you know, mainstay at the quarterback position. That guy's going to be mm-hmm. a lifelong backup quarterback to, to Aaron Rodgers in reality. So he's not going to start. So he's got to do something to bring the focus on him. And why these guys, and I get the injury side of it, I completely understand it. And I don't know if their contracts will allow him to do it, but I think if he thought, if one of these players went to their, their owners and say, listen, we need to have a little contract. A little, uh, little thing. I want to prove myself as an NFL football player, so I'll go be a superstar in the AAF so you can feel more confident about me as the backup quarterback. There's not an owner in this league that would change their contract right out of those guys that I made mention of. Oh, yeah, and, and those guys, I, honestly, I think they would dominate in the AAF just because of the success they had in the NFL. Yep. And so you can prove it. You can prove it. You know, he, listen, I'm worthy to play in that. Listen, I'm better than these guys, and some of these guys are being considered to go up to the NFL. Um, by the way, you mm-hmm. asked about my association with the AAF. There's nothing except a couple, uh, except a player or two. Uh, Joe Powell, obviously, a former Je- um, Texas Revolution and Quad City uh, Steam Wheeler, uh, is playing for the uh, Iron. So, uh, so Joe Powell is a defensive back. So, congratulations to him. Huh? Is there a Dallas team there's or a, like somewhere in the in there's the area a, in Texas? There's a Dallas uh, XFL team that's coming now. Be playing over where the Rangers. Oh God, uh, XFL. Played. Yeah, the XFL, <laughs> and that's an, that's another thing. Where you know, looking at what they uh, well and. My my opinion, Sonny, my opinion, the XFL is totally different from the AAF. I'm just I'm just going to say that. Well, hold on. Let me ask you a question before you go into that, okay? Have you done mm-hmm. any background or are you just going on what you remember about the XFL before? Because really, in reality, it's a total different, you know, mindset and setup when it comes to – what they're going to do out on the football play, uh, field and who's going to play and when they're going to play and all that other stuff. I'll be 100% honest with you, Sonny. I'm going off of of the, the clown show that it was last time. So I have not done much research. Um, I just yeah. know that it was pretty much wrestling with shoulder pads and a helmet. That's what it seemed like to me. Absolutely. Okay, just to let you know, the new XFL, if you believe everybody that's involved, and listen, Vince McMahon's just funding it. He's not running it. So everybody, it, it, in reality, is if you got the money and you're funding it, you're really running it. But uh, he's exactly. not the guy that's at the head of this whole thing. So that's a good thing in reality. And I'm going to tell you right now, the AAF has really put a lot of pressure on the XFL going in to do that to where that, I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, this might have to be a merger, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. I think the AFAF just in two uh-huh. weeks have established himself. Listen, I watched some of the games. Listen, it's not great football right now, but just like it's the week number one, two, three, and four of the NFL, okay? You, listen, sometimes it's hard to watch the NFL in week number one, two, three, and four, okay? So you got to give these guys a little bit of time, especially if they only got six weeks of uh, training camp. 
Okay. That that's not a lot of time to develop a groove and get chemistry growing. So right. Um, but as far as the XFL starting up next year, I think it might have to almost be a forced, and I mean a forced, you know, um, yeah, uh, what is it called? They, they got to get together. They're going to have to be forced together because if the AAF, okay, has established themselves as well as they have just within the first two weeks, Lord knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks. I mean, the XFL has got a lot to live up to because, listen, they get a lot of praise in reality, but that also comes from the fact that they got football people in the front offices and things like that compared to the XFL. I don't think they have that set up, so they might have to merge. That's the word I'm looking. They might have to merge with the AAF in order to put a good product out on the football field um, because I don't want to call it a sideshow, but if you're going to go out and do a spring league like next year and the AAF has complete success, you got to be able to blow the top off of it. And I don't think they'll be able to be capable of doing it because it's already been done, and that's happening this year. Well, um, I mean, I guess I, I need to do some more research on it then because, I mean, you know, again, I, I hear XFL, all I think about is he hate me. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, can yeah. you blame me? I mean, because uh, I, I don't know yeah. anything else about the XFL. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think the AAF, you know, you mentioned how fast they were able to establish themselves. Look, they're they're being run by proven, you know, people that, that won yep. Super Bowls in the NFL. Look, Ebersol, Bill Polian. Bill Polian? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? He's, got, he, he's, yep. he's directly responsible for two of, of the greatest – you know, runs that we've seen in NFL history with the Absolutely. Buffalo Bills of the nineties and then the Colts with Peyton Manning. I mean Yep. That guy that guy turns everything into gold. Anything he touches turns yep. into gold. So uh and then Ebersol, I know uh, I know he's been a big part of like you know, the NBC and, and I don't know I don't he's he's a he's a little before my time so I don't remember exactly what he's done in his lifetime. I just know that he's been a big part of like NBC and the NFL and stuff like that. So, um, but those two guys alone, uh, you know, they, they, they have proven over time that they know what the hell they're doing. So that's why the AAF has become so fascinating. So fast. And I think some of the rule changes too, that they've made are, you know, some things that the, you know, people have been begging for in the NFL, for example, no kickoff. Uh, I think I think that's a big one. You know, as soon as the game starts, I mean, like the action begins right away. Um, Absolutely, so I think that's a big right thing too. And, and and it doesn't feel like arena football because you're it's a full 100 yard field, just like an NFL yeah. field is. You know, I have people asking me that. They're like, so, you know, this AF stuff, it's like arena football, right? And I'm like, no, it's not. Not even it's a full 100 yard field. And and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I mean, basically, it's 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 the minor league of the NFL. That's what it's going to become. It's you know, for guys that don't get drafted, but, but or whatever, it's the like same I time square, bro. In order for that to happen, they and this is no disrespect to the teams, they they do need to get more of a following. But I think the more that people see this on the NFL channel, which by the way, they're on at um they're on at four o'clock on the uh, uh well, mark that. 
They are on at 5 o'clock your time. Uh, Atlanta plays San Diego on the NFL mm-hmm. Network. And at uh, looks like uh, 1 o'clock, Orlando's playing San Antonio on CBS. So um, the more that they get and stay on these channels, okay, in reality, mm-hmm. that's going to be really huge mm-hmm. for them because people, like you said, there's some NFL players in there. So I think they got to generate more people to get into the stands because if you do watch some of it, the stands are a little lack. But you know, listen, it's not even it's not even close to the college atmosphere of the big schools. But I would say they got about maybe half or maybe three fourths somewhere between there of fans in the stands. I think they need to get more people in the stands so it can be more understood and more accepted. But you know what is going to end up happening? If it's going to be that NFL minor league thing, um, the NFL is going to have to grab up some of these players. So that means scouting and everything that's going on. They better have scouts at these things. They better be able to do it. And from what I'm hearing, they are. They got the scouts there, and people are watching and seeing what can be done. Hopefully my man Joe Powell from the Iron will make it into the NFL. There's a couple other guys um, that are playing in that league that came from uh, came from our league. Uh, so we're definitely keeping our eyes open for these guys, and hopefully things will go well for them. Um, and we get to call their name on Sunday during the NFL season. But, I mean, this is a good alternate. For a guy like me, where I go to these games, if there was one here, I, and, and when the XFL comes, I will be going to the game. I will go to that game, okay? I won't go to a Cow- Dallas Cowboy game. Why? Because of the financial things, what it is. So they're going to have to market to guys like me to get them in that stadium. Now, Obviously, it's not bringing Colin Kaepernick on there because they're not going to pay it. But if they did bring Colin Kaepernick in for the million that he says he played for in the NFL, they would pack those stadiums. So they, I think they got to get some some other good names, some some names that might be trying to come back off an of injury and things of that sort that can generate a little excitement about people coming to the uh, games themselves. And it's going to take time, Sonny. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's it's a a new thing for everybody, you know. And people are not familiar with the AAF. People are not familiar with the XFL. They remember what it was the first time. Yep. But, you know, I mean, I think it's going to take some time. It's going to take a couple of years before people really start, you know, football fans like us really start accepting the AAF and, and saying, you know what, it's it's this is just as good of a product as the NFL is. And right, you know, real, real, true fans that have <clears throat> real knowledge of the game are going to recognize it right away. Like I recognized it right away. Like, okay, this isn't sure. just some, you know, some sideshow that, you know, some guys put together and say, oh, we're going to create a football league. Like, I- I'd be interested to know, like, how long was the process of creating this? How long has has this been in the works? Because you can tell it's very organized. It's very, you know, thought out as far as how they're going to run it. And not to yep. mention the fact that all their games are being broadcasted on, on CBS and the NFL Network. That's huge. And because, TNT, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TNT. Um, yeah, those – so I don't – I get the NFL Bleacher Network. Report. Yeah, the Bleacher Report TNT, uh, streaming so. services. Yeah. But, there you uh, go. So, yeah, there's 
And you look at you know, Cuervo, they got some names on here. If you follow football, I think, I mean, it, when, when you follow, they got Aaron Murray, quarterback out of Georgia. I mean, hell, yeah. I've heard of yeah. him. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at Denard Robinson out of Michigan. Of course, I've heard of him. Um, really? Shantavious Jones. Yeah, exactly. James okay. Quick is over there as well. I mean, and, and that's just on one team. Okay, and that's you know I was I was pulling up the rosters we're talking and in trying mm-hmm. to see some of those, but that was the roster on just one team, and, and I, there were four guys right there. I immediately now you, again you look at that Birmingham Iron. Okay, they got Trent Richardson. We we all know who he is in oh, reality. Yeah. That's, Yep. Okay. Blake Blake Sims from Alabama at the quarterback position. Okay. They got some names on there. Of course, Joe Powell. Hey, way to go, Joe. Um, But some of these names, uh, uh, you know, I've heard of. uh, Oh, here here it is. uh, Queen Bray out of uh, Auburn. I mean, he's a little bit shorter, but he's mm-hmm. out there, and I've, I've heard of this guy. And Dominique Jackson out of Alabama, of course, we've heard about him, and Brandon Green, offensive, those two offensive linemen sitting right there doing exactly what they need to be doing, I mean, so they can be recognized. And that's this, and right there, there were seven names that I mentioned that if you do kind of keep track of it as much as you, you do, especially uh-huh. in the college, but yeah. hell, if I'm hearing of these guys, they've got some talent out of that football field and they should be able to get some people that come and see these guys play. I would think. Well, I got another name for you too, Sonny, and, and this will hit home to your, your Dallas locals, Gavin Escobar tight end. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I'll be honest. I don't remember what team he plays for, but he's, he's in the league and he's playing yep, tight right end. now. So yeah, he's a tight end for, for someone. I, I honestly don't remember yep. what team, but I know he's in the league. Yep. Zach Mettenberg, he's in the league. Okay. Yeah. And, and we know, we know him out of Louisiana State. Yeah. And uh, Christian uh-huh. Hackenberg. I, I've even heard of him. There I mean, you go. So That's they have, the other name yeah, I was thinking they have of. Got, yeah, they're getting some, they're getting some names that, that – you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, that didn't make it on there. Which, by the way, the um, the XFL, if you have a criminal record, they will not have you on the team. Just so that you know. And that was another I thought was yes, kind of I interesting. I, mm-hmm. I found that very interesting. Now, whether or not it's true or not, I guess we'll find out. But, um, but yeah, some of these names that are jumping right off of you know off the page when I'm looking at these. I, you know, I, I, I'm actually surprised, but at the same time, you got to remember there are 32 teams and listen, what do they say? You're lucky to make the roster. If you're, if you're a third rounder or later to make the roster of the NFL team that drafts you. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on here as far as that's concerned. Uh, Garrett Gilbert out of uh, um, uh, quarterback out of Southern uh, Methodist. I've heard of him, um, and so yeah, they've they've got some names. I, I I gotta I gotta give it to him, and you know I, maybe we'll be calling some uh, Jordan McRae, center out of UF, UCF. I know him. Um, I think mm-hmm. we actually talked about him on our show. So you know some good names in here. I I like it, and I'm gonna watch it. I'm you know when we're done today, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have lunch and I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I watched it yesterday for a little while. I had a lot of things I was doing, but the time I was able to watch it, I did watch it. 
um, it was a nine to six game, so I wasn't like impressed with great scoring, but I love defense. And that so far is my take out of these, you know, out of these games so far. Now I didn't watch it last week. Okay. I didn't have time. Um, but it, just from mm-hmm. what I've seen this week in the two games that are happening, it's all about defense and reality. Um, the, um, the Memphis uh, team jumped out re- fairly quickly, uh, but slowly the, the defense stayed into it. I mean, it was a 2018 game. Um, uh, the other game was 12 to nine. So, you know, we're, we're talking about defensive games here, big time. So watch out for those defensive players. You'll probably see some of them move up to the NFL. Yeah, very, it's very possible. Yeah, so I mean, like I, like I've mentioned before, I mean, it, it's 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 a league with some with some, you know, solid talent. Uh, you know, these aren't yep. these aren't uh, these aren't scrubs that are playing in this league. These are these are legit guys that you could very well wind up seeing on an NFL roster again. You know, in the next yep. couple of years, depending on how well they do in the AAF. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, offensively, they're a little slow. Um, and I, it, it takes more time. In reality, though, when you look at a football squad, it takes the offense longer than the defense to come together. It's, that's just fact. I mean, you watch the game enough, you, you know that. So some, it's some real interesting stuff with the AAF and, and watch it. It's going to be on today on the NFL Channel and CBS. But I want to go to what we're talking about because we have not had time to talk about football. We, I, I, have we even talked about the Super Bowl? Um, the great Tom Brady is a, a six-time winner. He's got one for his middle finger for all of his critics, just as I knew it was going to happen. But I will tell you right now, that game in the Super Bowl Cuervo, and even though we're talking about it two weeks later, that that game was all about defense because the offense of either team didn't come to play until the middle, maybe right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I mean, we didn't even see it. And it was almost hard to watch how bad Tom Brady was playing for three quarters of that game. Yeah, well, I mean that, that that was an ugly game on both sides for, you know, like you said, the first three quarter. I mean, my God, it was what, what was it, six to three at halftime or something like yeah, that? Something six to something three, ridiculous. yeah, something stupid like that. Yeah, lowest scoring game in in the history of the NFL, you know, Super Bowl history. Um, I, I just that is something I definitely did not expect. Uh, was such a low scoring game. Um, but you know, I, mean, I remember you were thinking of, you were, didn't you take the over in Vegas on that one? Didn't you take the over? I, I was, I wanted to, um, luckily I didn't do it. Uh, so I would have, I would have been highly upset. Yeah. So luckily Big I time. didn't win anything, but I didn't lose anything either. So, you know, glass half empty. I called it right out. I, I said, I called it right on. I said the, uh, the Patriots would win by seven, and and that's exactly what happened. They won by seven. Now, granted, I expected it to be in the twenties and thirties, uh, but still, won by a touchdown. And uh, you know, it, and it it did come down. What did it come down to, Cuervo? It came defense. down in reality. Defense out on the football field, but the problem was is that the defense was out there for a long time. Tom Brady was able to take advantage of that and, and put him in the position to win at the end of the game. And again, mm-hmm. you, you know, not, not at that KLKL end, but you, you still though, that game 
more so than any of them. I mean, if you go back into the playoffs the week before, you know, Tom Brady drives it in regulation, gets it downfield, scores a touchdown, they should win. Uh, but instead they kick the field goal tied to go overtime to where he does have to drive it down the field to get the win. Uh, by the way, he did it twice in that game in order to prove that he is the best I ever played the game at that position. But that being said, um, you, you look at what happened in that game. You, you gave Tom Brady too many opportunities without scoring. And that's what it boiled down to in reality, Cuervo. Uh, you looked at the other side of that football. I don't care if it was the Rams. I don't care if it was the Saints. Probably would have been a different game if it was the Saints. Right? Let's get real. I mean, uh, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is when you look at what's on the other side of the football field and whether you've got a Drew Brees or a Jared Goff, I mean, those are two different players. So, yeah, Joan, you know, those are two different teams. Yeah, could have been different. But in reality, if that was the Saints, you know, I still would have picked the Patriots, and I still think they would have won that game. Uh, They would have had to earn that one defensively and offensively, more so than just having a spectacular defensive plan going into that game, Cuervo, because let's be honest, the Patriots really, in reality, were not worried about the offensive side of the ball going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I just, you know, what I found interesting was the, just the lack of, I guess, I don't know if it was creativity on the Rams part, but, you know, just they are flat. Them being, them being a held of three points, I, I just, it's it's been two weeks now, and it still blows my mind that it happened that so way. So flat. Um. You got to give a lot of credit to to Bill Belichick, man. I mean, absolutely. <clears throat> well, and his the, the best coach to ever coach, yes, even even better than uh, the great Vince Lombardi. Yeah, I said it. Well, especially with the, how the game has evolved, um, you know, it, it and they should change the name of the trophy. Well, and you've been saying that for years. Uh, I don't know if they're ever going to do it. I don't know if they're ever going to do it, but uh, but we'll see. But Julian Edelman, the MVP, Van Cuervo, I mean, outstanding. I'm so with you on this. Go ahead, Cuervo. By the way, because I knew where he was going because he mentioned it, but Cuervo, go ahead. I'm so with you in this in reality as far as the MVP is concerned. Yeah, um, yeah so we mentioning- But by the way, Cuervo, let me interrupt you before you get started. You chose this guy as the MVP in this game, if you remember correctly. Did I? Yes, sir, you did. Did I really say Julian Edelman is MVP? Yeah. You, you said you wanted somebody else besides a quarterback, to, so you went out on a winger and you put him down as your MVP. I honestly don't remember. I have to go back and listen to the show. I can't. I don't believe that. I don't believe I actually did yep. say that. I'm not calling you a liar. Yes, you did. I just. I. I yep. have to hear. That. Wow. I just remember it. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna have to go back and I have to remember that. I remember talking about the fullback. Uh, you know, having a big part of it. Oh. Uh, but Cuervo, I apologize. Tarvin said that. 
I apologize because you're right. You you were talking fullback. He was going to be the superstar and could end up being actually winning the MVP. And Tarvin was talking about Julian Edelman, another guy. And neither one of you wanted to go quarterback. I went, of course, with Tom Brady. Um, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So talking about Julian Pedelman here, um, <laughs> emphasizing on the PED part. Of yes. His name. Yes. Um, yes. I put look, it together. <laughs> I I, th- I don't. I, I think he should have been ineligible to win the MVP for that reason. But aside from that, how do you not give it to somebody on that defense, man? Like, like Jason McCord made the play of the game when he yeah, but- ran down that ball. Golf. Golf had. Brandon Cooks, that throw was on the money, the one that he threw to Brandon Cooks in the end zone. And out of nowhere comes one – it was one of the McCourty brothers. I can't, I think it was Jason, uh, the corner. I think it was and Jason. he comes flying in and he swats that ball away, saves the Patriots from getting six put on him. Yep. To me, that that play right there changed the game. That's the play and, of the game. It really, it really shot the, the, the confidence of – the New England Patriots or the uh, the, the Rams. So, well, to me, I think that's... I think we were in chat. They should, he should have fired that ball. He had too much air underneath that ball, and that was one of the reasons why he got to it. If he would have fired that one in there, that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think I think that was a big part of you know why uh, somebody on the defense should have won that thing. I mean, Dante Hightower had yep. a monster game. Um, yes, he did. You know, he could have easily been a guy that that won the MVP. Uh, I think uh, who else had a big game for them? Somebody on the defensive line too. I think had a couple of sacks or something like that. But uh, but but that secondary did did a phenomenal job of shutting that Rams passing game down. And, and, and they yep. and. You know, the other thing I found interesting too is that the, once again, you know, we talked we talked about so much about Todd Gurley before the game, and we're like, oh, he's fine, he's going to get his carries, everything's going to be great. Ten carries, thirty-six yards, I think it was. Is he really hurt? I think his ego's hurt now. I don't even think it's about physical injury anymore. Like you're talking about one of the top players in the NFL, and he gets ten carries in the Super Bowl. I I, I think to me, I think this was a the prime example uh, of 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 a coach that panicked. It's his first time in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay panicked once he saw that the defense was on to what they were doing. He panicked and. You know, it became the or he tried to make it the Jared Goff show, and it just didn't work. So, uh, I think the well, Rams messed up by trying to run the. Well, and it wasn't even it wasn't even so much that Belichick outcoached him; he outcoached himself. He overthought the whole thing, in my opinion. I think he overthought the whole process of the game, and because he was, he got caught up into the you know, the, the, the stakes of the game 
And yes, it's the Super Bowl, and it's a big deal, and I understand all that. But I think he he got he panicked just because of the fact that it was a Super Bowl. He didn't treat it like it was just some other game. Like you have to trick your mind into thinking that it's just another football game, which we all know yeah. it's not. Uh, but I think Sean McVay did, did did didn't do a good job of trying to just coach this game as if it was just another game. If he would have just took a deep breath, calmed down, and say it's you know it's it, it's a football game, there's nothing different about it. Whatever he's got to tell himself. Um, yep. That that's that's where Sean McVay messed up. Is he he outsmarted himself and. Bill Belichick took advantage of his lack of experience in in big game. And what this also proves too, you know, and, and I'm gonna throw my yeah. my jab out there. Rams should have never been in that game. Never should have been in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just had to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had to I get it. Yeah, you just yeah, it's that too. Yep. I I get it. I get it. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't look want to see Breeze versus Brady for the trophy? How great would that have been? Drew Breeze versus Tom Brady going at it, going against each other for the for the Super Bowl. Cuervo, if that would have happened, do you know how many conspiracy theorists would have been out there on that whole thing? I mean, it, it, you know, it's bad enough we had a bad play to call it, and you can call that – you can't really call that a conspiracy. You just call that – it's a, a simple fact of the matter in reality is, is that – you know, if if they had that, I mean, the conspiracy theories would have been all over there. But then again, you had a guy in the running of the MVP um, that is right there. By, by the way, Dante Hightower should have been the defensive player of that game, or the MVP of that game, right? That's He's what the I was one that created the fumble. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, Cuervo. I mean, because they, they got it wrong. I agree you can't have a guy that is, it really in one play just change the whole game um, and not give consideration for him to be the MVP. It's almost an insult. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could have made an argument for, again, you know, Jason McCourty who made the play of the game. Dante Hightower, sure. the numbers that he put up in that football game. Uh, I think Trey Flowers had a couple yeah, of good game. stuff like that. Yeah, Gil- Gilmore. That's another one. You know, he made the game-winning mm-hmm. interception uh, to yep. seal the deal. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on now. Pick for all I, I, hey, I think, if you want to give an MVP to a punter, which you never will, how about Ray Allen who pinned the, the Rams inside the seven-yard line? I mean, come on. I mean, let, it, not only that, he did it three times. Okay, you want to talk about a game of field position, man? The Rams were out of they, they were out of <laughs> they were so lost in that game, and field position was so horrible in that game for them. You know what uh, it looked like, Cuervo? You know what it looked like that game in reality? If you just look mm-hmm. at it, okay, the eye test. This looked like an NFL team playing a national champion. The worst NFL the team. Rams. Uh, yeah, and, and the Rams being the, the, the national champion. That's how bad, the, the, you know, in reality, if you give it the eye test, okay, you uh-huh. look at this whole game, you know, in reality, even through the whole game, did you have even a question in the back of your mind that the Rams could come back and win that football game after halftime? 
absolutely not you didn't. I mean, if you were watching the game, they were completely outcoached, outmanned out on the football field, and you knew Tom Brady sooner or later was going to get the ball in the end zone. So you, you looked at it, and every time that Jared Goff went out there, he looked, you know, this is what it looked like. This looks like an NFL team playing the 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 national champions, and obviously no national champion is going to be any, even the worst NFL football team. In reality, they just happen to have the Patriots there. But, I mean, in reality, I sat there and watched this thing. After halftime, I wasn't worried about it because you could tell that the Rams were so out of their element that they had no clue. And I'm going to tell you right now, in a game like that, Bill Belichick has a way of slowing that ball down, slowing that game down for his defense, which in turn, which won the game for him. And, and he slowed that whole thing down. And not only that, Jared Goff looks like he, he looked like he was a senior in college throwing that football. He didn't look like the regular guy that was doing it all season long, week in and week out. He looked like he was a lost, you know, rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And I, and I recognized it within the first – and after the first quarter, I was like, there's no way. Once I saw that the Rams couldn't yep. score, I was like, there's no way that this is going to work. I don't I – don't, I don't give them much of a chance in reality. Uh, but by halftime, I, that's when I really knew, like, yeah, Patriots got this. Because I think it was yeah. – like I said, I think it was 3 nothing at halftime. It was silly how low scoring the game was. Uh, to me, I think the best thing Great. about the game was uh, was that NFL commercial, which I absolutely love. But it's another discussion, right? Um yeah, but the game itself. I didn't even. I, mean, I didn't even watch. I, I don't. I don't think I even paid attention because I can't even remember one of them. Well, I posted it on my Facebook. It was. It was. Uh, it. It was a commercial about you know the NFL celebrating its 100th anniversary next year. Uh, next season, they're gonna. It's gonna be the 100th anniversary. So, Roger Goodell. It, it, they're in a ballroom. Roger Goodell sitting, you know, he's at the, he's on the podium on, on, on the stage, and he's talking about, you know, welcome to the the 100th anniversary celebration dinner, or whatever. And there's this huge cake. I, I, again, I posted it on my Facebook timeline if you want to go watch it, or I could put it in our uh, chat. And long story short, there's this huge cake. Marshawn Lynch is is there, and he starts to fall over on his chair. And he, he he braces himself and, and his hand uh, he puts oh, his hand in the cake. Is that the one where he was reaching for the cake? Yes. The ball okay. comes, all comes right. down from the top and of all people, Samurai Mike Singletary, uh, you know, uh one of the greatest linebackers of all time, yells out of all time. And then from there it was just chaos. And and everybody's yeah. going after the ball. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you know Montana goes to throw. I remember that one. Now. It just it the the amount of of history in that room alone is what yep. really kind of just was just so amazing to me. You know, all the guys that that were in that game that are in that commercial. Uh, really, it was 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 awesome to see. For them to be able to put that commercial together with all those people of all the different generations, um, yeah, you know, was was awesome to watch. So, 
to me, that was hands down the best commercial of the night. Um, you know, it was pretty cool to watch. Well, Manning, after he threw the ball, I think, didn't he do like a, a shoulder wrench or something like that? Which was classic, yeah, by the way. That, <laughs> yeah. that was, but that that's Peyton Manning being the comic that he is in reality. The guy's funny. Exactly. The guy's funny. It guy, this guy's a funny dude. And then, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tom Brady took off his Super Bowl rings to throw the football. That was actually kind of funny too. Yeah, um, he handed but, them to uh, Baker yeah. Mayfield. He's like, hold these. And so, <laughs> oh, it was the Baker that he gave them to. That's funny. Yeah, now, that, now that is Mayfield, even funnier. Yeah. Yeah, that's even funnier. So yeah, I do. Re- I, that's the only one I remember. And then again, I remember bits and pieces of it. But, uh, but it, good stuff. Now, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna roll into our last break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. What we're gonna do? We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk some NBA. There's some NBA news that we gotta talk about. Um, I sent you a little clip of it, and I want to get back to it because I think I think I think my point was made. Not, not, you know, I are proven anyway. Uh, a lot of times, Sonny will throw out some crazy thoughts, some crazy things, and I think it came to fruition last time that that, that I sent out the little thing about Dirk Nowinski. We'll do that on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Our tenth anniversary, it's that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues into the tenth season and our second episode will be back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. 
Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. and take it for a ride, check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Raleigh Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costcoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. enough to sit with us for three hours every year uh, during football season, taking us up there, or going through some of the things that we talk about here on the show, whether it be a crazy idea, crazy prediction, whatever the case may be that we do week in and week out. I lost Cuervo. Don't know if I'm going to get him back, but of course, Cuervo, a big part of this show. Um, and 
he, he without hey, listen, I say it all the time. The MVP of the show, sure in the hell ain't me. Uh, it's the other people that are involved. The, the Brian Tarvins of the world. I mean, that joined us on our show. Uh, the big dog over uh, from Sports Talk with the guys, and of course, but you know, the guy that came to our show saved our. Sh- I don't know. I don't know if he. I'll tell you. I'll be honest. As I sit here and I think about what we've done for the last ten years, I don't know if we would be here without Cuervo. I mean, I talk about the MVP of of what we do week in, week out, or you know, you know, here and there, and I talk about it. But the Cuervo steal back on the third of April two thousand ten was hey, a big deal. These guys are saying these guys are saying the Raiders are going to be better next year. I mean, I, I respect Sonny, and he says the Raiders are going to finish second in their division. Yeah. Okay. Your first name? Mario. Hey, man, where are you from? I'm from San Diego area. All right. We got from San Diego right there. That's Sonny, that's Big Dog, scorekeeper. You heard his rambling, man. You no, heard I'm me not, asking no. for a hell of a game. I just lived there. That's cool, man. Um, he says if they get Donovan McNabb, Raiders are going to finish second in their division. No, I don't think so. They might finish third at best. That's just my opinion. They'll finish third. Right now, the Broncos is not... They're not put together. I mean, the Broncos are going to have their problems uh, because they got an unsatisfied wide receiver. That's going to hurt them. Right, right. So, so their chemistry is going to be it's going to be at the all-time low. But good offseason. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It'll it'll be a huge boost if they do get McNabb. But uh, I, I'm going to still say. Like me personally, I I'm high on Kansas City. Actually, I think Kansas City is is getting better fast. You're not going to beat Kansas City like normal normal bad so So I think I think between you know, well, San Diego obviously is going to finish first, and then it's going to be neck and neck in my opinion between the Chiefs and the Raiders for third, yeah. second and third. They're they're both going to be like right there. Right. And now, and now he's gonna have he's gonna have a dependable running game because they have Thomas Jones. So plus they you know they hired Charlie White, they got Cornell as defensive coordinator. So all the pieces are are coming together for, for them. Right, Sonny, get his number. You got your co-host right here. He knows football. He knows football. Yeah. Ron every Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, okay, you know what? I was kind of hoping to get a little bit of help on the Raiders continuing to suck, but apparently it's a mutual admiration society here, and that's all good. No, but no, I appreciate your comment. No problem. And, yes, that was the Cuervo Steel back in the month of April. Now, that was a big day as we got the introduction to Cuervo. Of course, talking about the... Oakland Raiders at the time, and back in 2010, uh, Donovan McNabb was being rumored to go to a lot of football teams, um, and if I'm not mistaken, he ended up in Washington, um, but I, I said that the Oakland Raiders could end up second in that division if they got Donovan McNabb, and folks, everybody knew that I wasn't a, a Donovan McNabb fan or anything, but I, I felt they could get up there, but that was back in the day, I mean, and now the Cuervo Steel, it's a, it was a big moment in this show in reality because I'm going to be honest with you guys 
I wouldn't have probably been doing this show, maybe without Cuervo. And I'm not just saying that because he's the co-host of our program. Hell, I don't even know if he'll even end up hearing this, but I don't think that I would even be doing this show without him to this day. Um, but the fact of the matter is is that I've never really talked about it, and um, I've been told that I should. I don't think I should but um, or feel like I should have to, but I'm going to do it. The Couch Potato Sports Show was actually made out of necessity. The Couch Potato Sports Show was made because my mom passed away on June 30th, the year before. And I was really having a very rough time in my life. I mean, I, I lost my mom, and it is the first real person close to me that I've ever lost besides my grandfather back in the early 70s. So I, I've never really experienced the loss of a parent or a family or even a loved one so close at that time. I never have. But the show was created out of necessity for my Meant, I, I don't want to say mental state, but my mental well-being, my, but just my well-being in general. And the show had to go, and I, I, we dabbled a little bit in it with my brother, which, by the way, is the reason why we named the show That Being Said. Of course, that's the reason why the show was called That Being Said, because he said I said it too much. So we just named the show after it. But um, the show was made because of my mom and um, to try to find some kind of happiness in my life because after my mom passed away, I just I just didn't have it. So it was a, it was a real tough point in my life, and I also remember driving around on Saturday, going, "Hell, I could do a sports show," and I just finally did it. So it, it really, in reality, came out of necessity. But um, as things go and the things turn over time, um, just this past November, I, I lost my pops. And uh, I'm going to be honest, guys, I haven't been very good. This shit. I've been having a hard time. I, I, I'll put it out there, guys. I've. I've had a hard time from day to day since November 4th, um, sort of like my mom. But I use, I, um, I kind of use the show to, uh, to be that, I guess, uh, you know, comfort that I can somewhere find. Whether we're talking about stupid issues in sports or whatever the case may be, uh, I use this show for that, and uh, and it's been rough. It's been rough since November, guys. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and this show is really my only sanctuary right now. And uh, and I want to thank everybody that's ever been a part of it. Obviously, Cuervo. Again, probably wouldn't be on there without him. Big dog, love him. And Tarvin, who's 
is a guy that I think wishes could be on the air, but he's a, he's, he's a parent now. He's <laughs> doing a lot of that stuff. And uh, got one on the way if he hasn't. I'm not sure if he dropped it or she dropped it yet or not. Uh, if not, it's getting close to that time. But um, the guys, uh, I, I say the MVP of this show, and I mean that I'm not just saying it, is Cuervo. And Cuervo and I, uh, you know, 10 years we've been doing this. We've met each other once that day. And um, haven't been able to get together, you know, since uh, because of life and what life has done. And um, so the 10 years that I, I put into this show really is 10 years of me just trying to find some comfort in my life that some somehow since the passing of my mom and just recently my dad, I just haven't been able to find. And uh, I'm glad for it. I'm glad we've done 10 years. I'm glad that we're going to continue. i got to get through the next 10 years uh, without my pops. And, uh, so uh, so the show's going to go on. And, um, and heal. It'll help me heal. So uh, so i got at least another 10 years to go with this one. So... Uh, Hal, before you know, we'll be at the 15-year anniversary. We'll have to do something then, uh, <laughs> and, um, and and talk about all the good times and talk about all the things that we have done over the 10 years. Again, folks, uh, I want to end the show. I'm going to bring back in Tom McManus uh, to play that interview, the one and only guest that we had. Again, uh, we probably would have had two if I could have got Scott Hansen. But we were unable to get that one done uh, within the schedule and uh, get it done. So, uh, so we don't do guests on the show. We're going to rock and roll. Now, uh, we got a lot of things that are going to be talking about. Uh, we didn't get to the NBA, but there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about going in before uh, the NFL season starts um, here, getting you into training camp. Of course, we got indoor football, the AAF, and stuff like that. We have already covered here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So, 10 years. Thank you so much, everybody, for giving us a listen on the Couch Potato Sports Show over these 10 years. And I'm going to turn it back over to the interview I had with my guy. I mean, you know, my favorite guest in reality. Of course, that's Tom McManus. Enjoy the last portion of this. We're out of here. Take care. Thanks for joining us for 10 years on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the eagle eye, Bill Cerna, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time, here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, welcome into the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio here on our Sunday morning tradition that continues every Sunday here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is that being said. And, folks, also a very important day here for the Couch Potato Sports Show as we are celebrating 10 years on the radio and folks let me tell you something that has taken a lot of work so when we decided well maybe me when I decided what 
what we were going to do as far as our anniversary show was concerned. I mean, I could have got a hold of a whole bunch of people in reality, but I decided to go with the one guy that gave it to us straight every single time. Not here and there, never gave us the political correct answer, never did any of that. And folks, I'm going to tell you, when I decided one guest, it was a simple, simple decision. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring him on now, our one and only guest here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, our 10th year anniversary, the guy that I think is more deserving than anybody to be up on our show and obviously my favorite guest. Let's bring him in. He is Tom McManus. How you doing, Tom? Hey, Sonny. Great to be back on with you, man. It's been a long time. I can remember when you... We're starting out way back when, so congrats on the 10-year run, man. It's awesome. (laughs) You bet. Let me tell you something. If someone told me that I would be doing this show for 10 years, I would have told them they were crazy when we first started. But in, in reality, you know, it's kind of easy if you think about what we do, but that's something that happens when you have a passion about something. But it also brings a circle back to you. Let's talk a little bit about you and what uh, happened as far as what you were doing. I mean, if you if you take a look at what you've been doing over the years, whether it was at the radio station in Jacksonville, you did that for quite a long time, I'll tell you, but uh, that being said, tell us what happened to McManus Uncensored, because it was a good show, and when I started listening to it, and that was the reason why I contacted you after many years of watching you, um, tell us a little bit what happened to McManus uh, Uncensored, and all the other things that you have been doing here uh, right after we you know, really got started. Yeah, so, you know, I, I did radio for about nine years here in Jacksonville, northeast Florida. And I was with Fox at the time. My show was called Comic Man. It's Uncensored. I had launched a, in my uh, my third year at the Fox station, I would launched an Internet program where you could listen online uh, through my website called SuckItUpUSA.com. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit ahead of my time. I thought I could roll into the, uh, into the Internet world. Um, didn't necessarily need the radio world, if you were. Well, we ended up being wrong, me and my partner. We were, like I said, a little bit before our time. So, you know, I got taken off the air. New management came in by 2012. At that time, I just rolled into the Internet. That did not take off. Uh, so then I, I moved into other areas of, of business, Sonny, and now I'm just a uh, – I do have a, a television show I, I host weekly called The Horse's Mouth. It's a, it's a show at a bar. I sit at the uh, – or my guests sit at the bar, and I'm their bartender, and it's a very informal, very conversational type uh, type television show. So I film that once a week. And, uh, and then I'm a guest host on a radio show here in town. So it's funny. For about five years, I didn't hardly do any media unless I was a guest call-in or something like that. And then 2018, I uh, got back into TV and radio along with everything else I'm doing. So it's been an interesting ride, man. It's been an interesting ride. I- 
Absolutely, and that's what we get with the 10th anniversary here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Whether it's calling sports, whether it is doing the regular radio show, whether it's doing what you got to do to network. And I'll tell you, if you got a passion for something, and I'll tell you, it's what brings us to where we are here on this show. Ten years. I mean, so if you got a passion about something, you've got to kind of made it in the shade to move forward here and doing what we do. Oh, without a doubt. Well, I mean, think about it. You know, if people listen to you on air and they like you, then they, they want to be associated with you, you know, and that could be from a business perspective or some other kind of, you know, venture. Uh, so that makes sense, right? You know, if they listen enough and they understand what you're all about and, and it aligns with what they're doing, with what they're doing, then yeah, it's a, it's a nice natural fit. So, Look, I think any exposure is good exposure, and when you're out there, you know, whether it's TV, radio, online, digital, whatever, podcast, you know, it's good to put yourself out there and, and let people know, you know, what you're all about. Now, we never really had the opportunity to talk about this next subject. And, hey, shame on Sonny for not doing it. But over the years with what you've been doing, you've had an amazing support, you know, behind you uh, with your wife, a former, obviously, Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleader. Hey, hey, way to go. Gets the cheerleader and a wonderful family. You have to have that support with what you do. So, again, shame on Sonny for not talking about it. So let's talk about it. Us a little bit about your wife and where you are in your life with your wife and your family. Oh, yeah. So I'm a very lucky, blessed man. I've been married to my wife now, coming up on 19 years this April. Uh, we have three beautiful daughters. Uh, one's a senior in high school, one's a freshman, and our youngest is uh, in fourth grade. And uh, they're my whole life, you know. They're my inspiration every single day. Uh, I, I love my wife. I'm in love with my wife. The heat is still strong. The fire still burns, and uh, it's good, man. She's she's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. Um, she's the best teammate I've ever had, and she's a wonderful wife, a, a, a wonderful mother, uh, a great friend. She's got her own business, does does well for herself and uh you know she's in the fitness world she's got a company that trains about 60 women a week here in Jacksonville wow. or in Bonavita Beach where we live and and uh yeah we're a good team man it's a team you know I tell my guy my girls all the time that we're a team and we gotta take care of one another and love one another and hold one another accountable and and uh be good to one another so all is good, man. All is good. I'm a, I'm a lucky man. The big Lord, the big man upstairs, the good Lord. He, he has definitely blessed me and continues to do so. So let's go to my passion, which is indoor football. And you had that over there in the AFL with the Jacksonville Shark. So that was right there, right down the street. Let us know a little bit. Were you ever involved with that as far as the Jacksonville Sharks? And, and do you enjoy indoor football? What, what is your give and take about indoor football? Obviously, being an outside guy, but yet here's another game, the indoor game itself. What do you think about the game of indoor football? Oh, no, I like it. Look, I think any kind of football is good football, you know. And, and, and I think one thing people, you know, they get caught up in, is it a stepping stone to the next level? Why, why can't it just be its own entity and be entertaining football? I mean, the arena game, the arena game's different. It's, it's still football. 
it's just a different style of, of the platform that they that they play with, right? It's a quicker game, you know. It's a it's a uh, yeah. a shorter field, you know. It's it's you know things happen faster. You got to you know get the ball out even quicker. You got to make moves quicker. You got to everything's quicker, you know. And uh, I think it's a great game. I think it brings a lot of joy and entertainment to the cities they're in. I know the Sharks, they do very well. They're an exciting team. I've been a color guy for one or two of their games in the past. I've been to a handful of games. They're they're fun. They're good. They're good family fun. There's a lot of hard hitting. Uh, there's a lot of scoring. Uh, there's a lot of cool plays. You know, you got to make these big plays in short areas of space, so it, it makes them a unique brand of football. But look, whether you're talking AAF, XFL, you know, the Arena League, whatever league, uh, the NFL, man, all football is good football, in my book. And great, you know, you talked about the AAF as far as what they are doing, you know, trying to be uh, maybe setting it up for the minor league work for the NFL. What do you? Th- what is your take on it? Did you get the opportunity to watch any of the games uh, this past weekend or the weekend before that as far as your take on what you see out on the football field? Do you think this could be the minor league for football since we've seen it back in the 80s or can it stand on its own? Uh, you mean the AAF? Oh, no, I no, I yeah, I think they, uh, I think they're, I think it could be both. You know, and it's funny you mention that because I also do a podcast here in town called The Hammer with Sam Cavaris, a longtime broadcaster here in town, and Lonnie March, my former linebacker, mate with the Jaguars, and and we were talking about that. And I said, look, there, there is going to be, you know, guys getting developed for the NFL, but. The majority of those guys, 80%, 90%, they're just going to play in the AAF. They're going to be paid 75G a year, uh, three-year deal, 225000 Hey, man, that's, you know, depending where you're at in life, that's not a bad gig, uh, you know, and what you're trying to accomplish. So, uh, you know, look, I, I think it's got a chance. I, I know Charlie Ebersol personally. I met him a long time ago uh, through some other acquaintances uh, and associates of mine, and He's a nice guy, and, and he's smart, and uh, obviously his father, you know, Dick is a, a, a big shot with NBC and helped create all these great, you know, he's part of Saturday Night Live and, you know, uh, Monday Night Football and all that fun stuff. But, uh, look, I think, it's, I think it's got a chance, you know. It's got some competition. My question is this. How do you fit them all in? How do you fit them all in? You got the XFL coming. You got the AAF. You got the Arena League. I mean, you know, throw in the NFL, which is in the fall, throw in college football, it's the fall. But, you know, you got three spring leagues that, you know, are going to be vying for each other's audience. It should be an interesting time, I guess. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Jacksonville and the Jaguars. I know, I know you don't want to, but let's just do it just where, and just humor me a little bit. Let's go back in the time a little bit. If you go and you look at what the Dallas Cowboys have done with uh, Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott came in for Tony Romo, who for some reason it just didn't seem like this team would play for this guy. But as soon as Dak hit the field week number one, this was a different Dallas Cowboys. 
Cowboy team. So I guess I'm going to ask in your opinion, do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars need something like this, a, a, a new spark plug, something at the quarterback position? And do you think that the players would get behind it, you know, if they had that new quarterback and start playing a little bit more for a different quarterback right there in Jacksonville? Yeah, so, you know, as a defender, I never, you know, I never needed my quarterback to get me fired up for a football game. You know, they had to do what they had to do. And our coaching staff would tell us, you know, the defensive coaches, they'd be like, look, we can't worry about the offense, man. We got to do our job. We got to stop them. We got to, if it's sudden change, meaning the offense has turned the ball over and our backs against the wall, meaning like they, there's only 10 yards to go for them to score a touchdown, you got to shut them down. You know, I don't care how many yep. times you got to go out there and do it. I don't, I don't believe in the offense. You know, that's what I heard all year. Well, you know, the defense isn't good because the offense isn't good. That's a bunch of crap. I mean, our defense is loaded with talent. It should be a top defense regardless of what our offense does. You know, culture is a funny thing, man. Winning's easy. I mean, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase it. When you win, culture is easy. Everybody likes winning. It's easy. You don't. You know, the accountability is easier to take. You know, the critique's easier to take, you know, but the culture doesn't start with the QB. It starts with the, the people inside the locker room, you know. You, I think, you know, hey, look, Dak Prescott's a great player. Tony Romo was a great player, you know. I mean, look, obviously he, he uh, you know, towards the end of his career was time for him to go. Dak Prescott steps in, and, and he's a fun guy to watch. But, I mean, look, we don't have anybody like that. You know, Blake's it. Yep. Cody Kessler's not it. You know, no, yeah. no disrespect to Cody Kessler, but he's not Dak Prescott. If we had a Dak nope. Prescott, yeah, are you kidding me? We, we'd, have, we'd have jumped in there. If we had a Lamar Jackson, look what Lamar did for Baltimore. I mean, hey, we could have had a shot at him. We ended up not take, you know, going that route. But, you know, look, I, can a quarterback help? Yeah, but, I mean, man, I, I, I'm sick and tired of I mean, look, look, hey, go look at the Super Bowls. Who won the, who won the game? The defense is from the game. Yeah, Brady and, yep. Brady and company came around at the end, and, you know, they made some changes with their personnel and forced the Rams to, you know, play against those changes. And at the end of the day, though, the defense has stifled the offenses. Even Brady was stifled yep. till the end, and he shows once again why he's the greatest, you know, because he's clutch. And he finds right. a way, but, you know, they also made a lot of changes. So, you know, uh, you know, I think Blake gets a, a really bad rap. You know, yes, he digressed. Everybody loved him in the beginning of the year. Then he digressed. The offensive line got beaten up. Uh, he was getting hit all the time. The receivers were not coming through. Marquis Lee gets hurt. Guys are dropping the ball. I mean, he lost all his confidence. He lost it all. He got back into his bad throwing habit with a big loop on the bottom. His footwork sucked. You know, he's still a tough kid. He'd still take off and run. Would be sometimes, you know, make a nice throw, but he was too inconsistent. You know, and, and, and what people don't realize is when you're a QB, man, now granted, if you're an Aaron Rodgers, this may not apply to you because you can make things happen on your own. You know, you don't have to throw with your feet set in the ground. You can jump up in the air and throw the ball 50 damn yards. It yeah. may not apply to you. But for guys like Blake Bortles, they need everything around them to work. You know, and, and when they start, you know, they, they, they start getting into bad habits and they don't get, get, get out of them, that'll kill you. 
I mean, look, week five, week six, he started with the loop in his throw. I was on air saying, the loop's back. The loop is back. What does the loop do? It's at the bottom, right? By the hip. He drops it low. That takes a second off the timing of the throw. It screws everything up. And I'm sitting there going all year long, why isn't anybody fixing that shit? You know, why isn't anybody in his ear? Why didn't anybody tell him to shorten it up? You know, it's crazy. It was like, yeah, he's playing bad. I'm not excusing his bad play. But where was the supporting cast around him to try to fix this kid? Because guess what, Sonny? After last season, uh, when they went to the AFC Championship game, we loved him. We thought he came around. We didn't think he was the next Joe Montana, but we're like, all right, this kid can win. Look, he really turned it on in the postseason, you know, in 2017. I was all for them giving him the extension because he proved himself. And the first four games, he actually had pretty good numbers. And then it all started going south from there. But at the end of the day, they got to move on from him. It's time. Blake's had his chance. You know, sometimes the window of opportunity just closes. That doesn't mean his career's over. He'll play somewhere. He may still be here as a backup, like you mentioned. I don't think so, but you never know in this game. Um, But, you know, it's time for him to move on. It's time for the Jags to move on as well. Well, I think you may have made mention of it. I mean, without really saying it in reality, how important and coaching being so huge out on the football field. So, I mean, what are you seeing? Are you seeing this as a coaching problem? Or in reality, never mind what we see. I mean, we can sit here and talk about what we see. What are you seeing out there? I mean, we can talk technique all day, um, and we can talk about the quarterback being the man in reality. But, I mean, look at it. Joe Flacco. I guess I want to know is how come the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't go after uh, uh, Joe Flacco more so than anybody else in reality, and then they still have Bortles. I mean, so in reality. Reality, there is no answer to the quarterback position regarding the starting role. Well, I think you know Joe uh, is is a quarterback that he he's that that quarterback that needs everything around him to be great. I mean, he's got to have a pocket, and he's not running around making plays with his feet. He's not going to run around, you know, get outside the pocket and make throws. He's a pocket passer with limited mobility. I mean, he's not awful. He's just not. You know, a Lamar Jackson, he's not a, a, a an Aaron Rodgers. He's not even a Brady, for that matter, to get out of Dodge when he has to and find that open throwing lane. So, you know, I think he, uh, you know, Flacco, if, if, if the Broncos have a great supporting cast, great O-line, got some weapons, the guy's still got an arm. That's the one thing yep. about Blake. Blake doesn't have a cannon. He can't flick it. When you can flick it, that you're a different breed of quarterback at that level. I mean, if you can Absolutely. just take the ball and, you know, without even wasting any motion and flick it 50 yards on a dime, you're a special. But Blake's not that QB. Flacco's got an arm like that, but he's got to have everything else around him or he's just going to be sitting like a freaking dead duck getting ready to have his head blown off during hunting season. You know what I mean? Because he's not going to, yep. you know, what are they going to do? They're not going to do, you know, misdirection and get him out of the pocket and have him, you know, do a run pass option. You know, he's going to have to stay in the pocket. But here's the good thing. He's still got an arm. And when you got an arm yep. and you're 6'5", and you got everything else built around you, you can make the throws. Now it's up to the supporting cats to do their job. 
I don't think he helps the Jags. I don't think they have enough right. supporting cast to help Joe Flacco be, make this team successful. They need something else. Yeah. Well, then, obviously, then let's take a look at the division, the AFC South. We're talking about three other teams in this division, and you can say whatever you want about them, but we have three different teams that have improved dramatically over the last two years. Obviously, last year with the comeback player of the year with Andrew Luck, and then what you got going on down in Houston with that defense as well as Deshaun Watson. And let's not forget about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, Marcus Mariota, he is who he is. I mean, so we're talking about a division in football that has drastically gotten better over the last two years. Well, you know, you make a great point. Take the Colts. Yeah, Luck got healthy, no doubt. That was huge. But guess what else happened? Their offensive line had a makeover. The D-line had a makeover. They changed their whole culture. They became a physical, physical football team. Quentin Nelson, the sixth pick overall last year on ND. What a brilliant pick. That guy changed the yep. whole attitude of the whole team, I think. It became a fist fight. You know, it's funny. I tell people all the time, that's how you got to approach a football game, man. It's a fist fight. You're going to a rumble. No weapons. Just just skin. But you're going in there as a as – a, as, they're the enemy, man. You got to knock the crap out of them as much as you can until they, they subside. That you put them in the – you know, put them away. You know, it's the same thing. That, that, those guys finally came to play. Frank Wright got these guys to believe and hey, man, we got to be physical up front. It doesn't matter who our quarterback is. If we can't keep him protected and give him time, it's not going to matter. You know, you look at the, the Texans, Deshaun Watson, he's a guy that can make things happen on his own. Their own line had struggles, but they came together towards the end of the year. You know, they got to get a little, mm-hmm. bit, a little bit better up front. And, uh, you know, Mariota, look, he's he needs to prove it a little bit more, you know, but he's yep. a guy that you can win with. There's no question there. But, again, you get you have Taylor Lewan, man. He's a badass. He, he gets after people. You know, we're talking, you know, look, Jay, in my opinion, you know, I, I this is what I would do. I'd grab Nick Foles, uh, depending on what they wanted for him and what I could get him for. So that's a caveat. I'd definitely draft yes. at some point. A, a young QB, a Will Greer, or somebody like that. I don't, I don't know all the candidates, but somebody in the second or third round. Um, I would beef up my old line if I could with that first pick. You need a, you need a yeah. difference maker, man. You need a, you need a, you know. We're talking last, you know, just a couple weeks ago. Tony Baselli, in my opinion, should have got into the Hall of Fame this year. I thought it was a perfect time for him. I think he's got a great shot next year. But when that guy played along with Leon Searcy. Dave Wydell, those guys had an attitude, yeah. man. It was a fist fight. Yeah. We're coming to pound on you, and you may you may be able to take it for a while. But guess what? We're not stopping. We're here to fight you, and that's what that's what you need up front in this game. I don't care what level we're talking about either. Well, heck, yeah. I mean, you look at the Dallas Cowboys. Them not going after a offensive lineman is absolutely nuts, and I keep preaching up on that as far as it is. But when you look at a team like Dallas, when you have an offensive line, there's so many things that you can do, and that extra second, or even for that matters, that half second in the pocket improves your team dramatically, big time, at least in this league anyway. No doubt. And, and, hey, kudos to the D-line, too. Take Dallas. Look at Dallas's front seven, how they played last year. The old line yep. is bent off as nails, and then the QB comes around and 
Elliott's a beast again, and they, they, they stay dedicated to him. And great move grabbing Cooper. Are you kidding me? I wanted the Jags to grab him. wanted them to draft him for crying out loud, but they didn't. Uh, but, man, you get Amari Cooper. Uh, you guys, you got future looks good for Dallas. There's no doubt about that. Kellen Moore now going to call plays. The old lefty from Boise State, I believe. Boise State, right? Kellen Moore, yeah. Lefty from the Bluefields of uh, Idaho. Um, it should be an interesting year for the Cowboys. Well, talk a little bit about that as we are online here with Tom McManus, our one and only guest here on our 10th anniversary. Let's talk a little bit about that with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, with Kellen Moore obviously uh, going up through the ranks and everything, going to be the offensive coordinator. But really, when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and what they're going to do this year, in reality, it is all about what Jason Garrett is going to bring to the game as him really being the offensive coordinator. So I think the franchise itself put that weight on that shoulders to Jason Garrett and then Kellen Moore moving up slowly. You know, I'm not a great big fan of this pick here in reality as far as the offensive coordinator is concerned uh, here in Dallas. So what do you think about what's going on in Dallas with their coaching staff and the offensive coordinator? Yeah, look, I, I think I, look, I, I like the fact that Kellen played in that system. He knows the system. He's a quarterback. You know, quarterbacks, Look, why do you think Romo does so well in the uh, in the broadcast booth? Because quarterbacks really Absolutely. know the game, especially on offense, better than anybody on the on the team. Uh, you know, they study it way more. They got to know way more than an offensive lineman, way more than a receiver or a running back. They got to know it all. I mean, they got to know every position, every protection, every route. You know, every situation. I mean, that's that's what makes. You know, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, to be quite frank, they, they, you've got to be a really smart guy and have high acumen to uh, to play that position. So, look, whether it's Garrett with heavy influence or more, you know, with, you know, getting some, uh, you know, some tips from, from Garrett, I like to move, you know. Uh, look, when you got talent like Dak and and, uh, and Zeke and, and, you know, guys I've already mentioned, you know, and a good offensive line, you just – need a quarterback to get the best out of I mean a coordinator to get the best out of those players and and I think Kellen Moore been playing a position knowing quarterback and knowing how offenses work I, I think it's going to be a, a good move Guys, he's Tom McManus, the, the uh, media mongo he is. I appreciate, first of all, the time coming on the show and being our only guest because, really, we stopped doing interviews with people because we weren't getting straight answers. The reason why you're our only guest is because we were knew we'd only get straight answers from the great Tom McManus, former Jacksonville Jaguar. Thanks for coming on our show on a very special day for us. Hey, man, congratulations again. I'll tell you why they don't give you the straight answer, Sonny, because they're afraid of the players and the coaches. They won't talk to them. Yep. They won't get a quote. I don't need a quote. I can tell you everything just by watching the damn game. Quite frankly, I can give two craps what they say anyway. <laughs> you just do it on the field. And that's why we love you, because you'll come out and you'll say that instead of sugarcoating it that must sound really pretty for everybody. Sometimes that's shooting right. from the hip is the best way. And when you're talking sports and you want to get the real answer instead of a sugarcoated answer, we go to the right guy. 
I appreciate it. And, All right, brother. And again, we've interviewed over 200 people for this show. Uh, for this show. And I want to tell you right now, the only person I thought of to bring on this show was you. And I, I, I love you to death. And uh, great success for what you're doing in the future as well as your family. I love you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Sonny, thank you, brother. You had yourself a good one, and congrats again, man. It's awesome. And I do, guys. I actually love this guy. Again, one of our first guests that we ever had on the Couch Potato Sports Show, and the first guy to really give it to us the way that we've always wanted it, and the way that we've always presented it here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Let's be honest. This show is never going to get on ESPN and the big ones because we do the type of show that we do. No questions asked, no apologies, no nothing. And that is the reason why we have made it for 10 years out on the air. And it's because of a guy like Tom McManus that, by the way, off air has encouraged me to do everything that we have done on the Couch Potato Sports Show, even to the point of high school. He said, dude, do high school. You don't get it. People will love it. And guess what? He was right. And, you know, he's got that. Magnet attitude, that magnet personality that I wish that all of our guests that could come on this show and really put it on the line. But in reality, it's all about the money, honey. And no one wants to affect that money except this guy. This guy seems to not care, like he said. So we love having Comic Madness associated with this show. And from now on, he'll be about the only guest that we'll bring on. Unless we can get guys to get skin in our game, meaning giving it to us straightforth and honest instead of BSing it and sugarcoating it, because that will never work as far as what we do on this show week in, week out. Here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do it. We're going to dive into the NFL. Some of the things that are going on. Hey, should there be an instance where Colin Kaepernick is playing in the AAF or not? We'll discuss that. We'll discuss the NBA and all the things that are going on with LeVar James and the Lakers. Never mind all this other stuff. We got it going on on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is our 10th anniversary. Let's kick it off when we come back. I'll bring on this co-host of this live program. It is Quinn about the other guy that gives it to you in the street with each and every time. Here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, we'll be right back. Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. 
We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Week 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychainlees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com. There is nothing that beats good home-cooked barbecue. Since 1941, Dickey's Barbecue has done all the cooking and you take all the credit. Whether you want real Texas brisket, Virginia ham, southern pulled pork, or fall off the bone ribs, Dickey's Barbecue is the place to go. Choose from our favorite sides of barbecue beans, creamy coleslaw, potato salad, jalapeno beans, and many more. Come see us today at our Rowlett location, 5701 President George Bush Turnpike, Suite 110, in the Target Shopping Center. Whether you want to eat in or take it home, we will fix you up. Don't forget, for your next event, call the catering guy at 972-345-6424. That number again is 972-345-6424. Come 
visit us today at 5701 President George Bush Turnpike, Suite 110 in the Target Shopping Center. Also, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dickies Rowlette for lip-smacking, rib-tickling, knee-slapping, foot-stomping, great-tasting barbecue. Come see us at Dickies Barbecue today. 